yes. Episode 12. Stakes is high. The Black, Black Nerd, Nerd Podcast. Podcast. We're coming to you live and di- well, maybe not live because no. it's going to be recorded. We're, we're recording cool. live. We're recording live. You won't hear this in real time. So in the future, where you are. Right, where you're living right now or then. Or then. We are doing a, a rare, but this is kind of dope. This is a rare away game for me because <laughs> normally we record uh, live at the show. In the future, Third Coast Comics. We record there. Now at 6443 North Sheridan Road. Now, now, newly moved. This is a thing. The shop has moved. It is no longer in the old spot, the address of which I won't even confuse you with. Yeah, don't don't go there. Right. It is now 6443 North Sheridan Road. We are not there because normally we record on on Monday nights when we do record. This is a Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. A bright, sunny, sunny afternoon in Chicago right now. Actually... Straight up, south side recording. This south, is a road trip for me. Road trip, and not quite a road trip. This is actually just down. I live here now. Right. Um, so I'm south side now. We doing this thing right here. Um, still got love for my north side people. Still, still, I, I will still go up up on Sheridan Road to visit the new spot. This, of this podcast County. is now the Crosstown Classic. That's what this is. This is the Crosstown Classic. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. We, 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 we doing that thing. So with the way game right now, we're at Comiskey right now. We're doing it actually a few blocks from Comiskey. Yo. Not even joking. Not even joking. <laughs> so right now, yeah, we're on the south side, but we're going to give it to you. This episode 12, stakes remaining hot. And we are. And we are. I am Troy Hunter, a.k.a. Ill Gates at Tall Black Guy on all your social medias. Uh, Tumblr's and the Twitters and all that. I am Terry Gant, aka Doc Midnight, aka Space Ghost, aka Dread October. You can find me in various places. Google them shits. Google them. Google get get them. Get the good Google, not like right. the bullshit Google. No, use yeah. I mean, well, we got the dark Google. We've discussed. Yes, we got the dark internet. <laughs> the dark, the dark net. Dark, <laughs> the dark internet at our disposal. <laughs> This is why we know things. This is why you come to us for the things. Right. We got you, though. We know the things. We got you. We got you. But right now, we're going to get... Let's get right into it. Episode 12. Let's get right into it. Um, Are we going to do topics right now? We're going to do... Let's do topics. Let's Let's do topics. Because I know the topic we got to hit. We got to do. It's a big deal right now. Black Panther, son. We got to do it. So... Got to speak on it. At the time of this recording, Black Panther number one hit my shop about two weeks ago. Basically, like it was effectively it would have been about two weeks ago, yeah, right? It right. was one of there were two comics that came out that week that were two of the hottest comics I've ever actually had in the shop, and they couldn't. They it's hilarious because they appeal to the same audiences in some cases, but <laughs> entirely opposite audiences in others. And that was Black Panther number one by Tana Hesse Coates and Brian Stelfreeze from Marvel Comics and Poe Dameron. Really, uh, Poe da- dude, I'm wow. telling you, Poe Dameron came out like swinging. <laughs> And it was all day long Black Panther versus Poe Dameron Intergalactic <laughs> Pizza Man, right? Poe Dameron, pizza guy for the Space Federation of Rebels. Right, right. In the Star Wars universe, or whatever shit they call themselves. What are they? they, they rebels. Because yeah, now they're not, it's not, we don't, we're not doing oh, the Empire a, we're versus calling the, the... Yeah, we're calling it a thing. The Resistance. Resist, okay. The Resistance. But he still, he sounds like a pizza guy to me <laughs> every time he talks... Hey, yo, Finn, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? Hey, nice jacket. Looking good. Hey, I got to get these pizzas. All right, I'll see you later, man. You know? Get these pies to where they go. Right. You but know? Black Panther dropped, and I'm telling you, it's been hilarious because I know how many I ordered initially for Black Panther. Right. And we've talked about my feelings about what would make this book a success. Yes. And to me, a successful By book. By any metric. 
Mighty Metric. To me, the success of a comic in this business is not how many of the first issues you sell, because first issues always sell. To me, success is the life of a thing. It is, it is, it is about, it's like Dave from De La Soul once said, you know, it's about being at the top of the game. And the top of the game cats are not dudes who are, who are like making big money right now. It's about how you produce longevity, the life of your situation, right? right, right. right? So Black Panther, he needs for success. There has to be longevity, which means cats have to support long term. And I'm one that believes this will not likely happen. Okay. Right. But I'm very glad that the the team working on it, like Coates and Stealth Reads. I'm really happy for Stealth Reads. Now everybody who's showing up looking for this book are looking for it because Tana has Coates is like big name, hot shot kid. Like right, right. I mean, dude's been writing. He's doing his years. thing. He's doing his like, thing. He's doing his thing. He's gotten the Marvel comics. He's apparently he apparently has been a big comics head all his life. You know what I mean? That's also kind of cool when somebody yeah. isn't just fresh and new. Yeah. Like writing comics is new to this dude. Yeah. But Brian Stelfreeze is absolutely not new. And when some people say, you know, Black Panther is being done, is it being done by brothers, is it being done by white cats? People may not realize I didn't know Brian Stelfreeze was black when I look at his art. Oh, word? Yeah, yeah, they're both black. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but you can't. I mean, you can't look at somebody drawing and be like, "That's a black dude." If you look at well, so a lot of guys, a lot of brothers in comics have a like, sort of style that is saying, "I'm trying to accentuate the fact that I'm trying to represent." Right. Right. Yeah. Brian Stelfreeze stuff. Yeah. Poche Brian Stelfreeze isn't that. Uh, Stelfreeze, his style is more. He has he has a specific thing he's going for with his art. He's been doing for decades. Okay. That's his thing. Okay. Right. And you even even in this book, it's kind of a toned down version of what he normally even does. Huh. Right. When I look at it, I forgot it was Brian Stelfreeze because I have an idea of, of years of okay. working at this what guy's else stuff. Has he done Brian Stelfreeze is like this indie dude from like forever, and and like he's never done. Brian Stelfreeze has not had like. Mainstream titles, mainstream, so okay. right? It's okay. like it's all indie things. He's like like an eighties indie guy, oh, right? Like an eighties and early nineties indie dude. He was like he was indie before Image was ever even a company, damn. right? He was like a first comics era guy. He was he's been around forever. Brian Stelfreeze, I don't know how old the dude is, but he's been working for a minute, you know. And the fact that he's gotten now, I mean, he's done a lot of DC work. He's done a lot of indie work, and dude, this is the book he's on. Okay, okay. So I sold out of my entire print run of my order of Black right. Panther in one day. Right. We were sold out before the shop closed. We were sold out. Now, normally when a book is selling this hot, if I, if I, if I feel like I am running low on a title really fast, my goal is to try to have more copies by the time that weekend comes. What I'll do is I'll try to place a reorder that will, if I see this happening on a Wednesday, if I place that reorder early enough, I have those new books by Friday, I'll have a weekend supply. Yeah. Right. For really hot books at Marvel. That doesn't work because by the time I realize that the book's really a hot book, there will be it's none. Too late. I will have to be waiting on a second. It's too late, yeah. But I have to order conservatively because if something's going to be a dog, I'm stuck with it. Yeah, right? right. So Marvel would like us to just do these big-ass orders initially and then try to order variant covers. And if we sell the variant cover, then the variant cover, we sell enough of them, they make up the cost of the order in general. Okay. But that's risky as shit depending on like what kind of shop oh, you run right, right. or where you are. And I think it's a gamble and I don't like that. Right. It's a hustle. Right. Not with it. Variants, yes, variants again. So yes. I had upped my order of Black Panther already, and it started flying off the shelf so fast. The thing about, I said once that my concern was a book like Black Panther, in order to survive, it will automatically appeal to brothers who are in the comics. It's going to be a given. That's, that's, a given. that's an yeah. audience, right? right? But it has to also appeal to comics' main audiences, which is white dudes in their 40s, right? That's going to have to be a thing. And if it doesn't get that, it won't have the sales. Well, white dudes in their 40s and were kind of. They knew it was a thing, but it was the white dudes in their 20s who were buying it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? 
So suddenly I'm selling through it. And when I went to go look for the reorders, like, hey, are there any reorders out there? There were. Which said to me, there's a lot of white guys out there who own comic shops that didn't necessarily believe that Black Panther would be a big deal. Move. So yeah. they ordered low. Yeah. Right? So I was able to actually get a reorder in real fast, more or less. It didn't arrive by Friday, but it did arrive by Tuesday. And I basically sold through 75 plus copies in seven days. Most of those were all sold in the first day. Yeah. Right? Like, the, basically, that first order was gone. Right? That right. next batch that came through, like, that didn't take that long to go. You know, I had to, okay. I had to make, like, a wait yeah. list. I went in there because I, I was at the spot yeah. on the Thursday. Which was the day after New Comics, right? New Comics Day. There was one copy left. Yeah, on the shelf, and that's because some dude had it in his pool box and put it back. He put it on the shelf. There were none on the shelf, so that dude decided, nah, I'm not doing it. Okay. Right. Right. I had a kid come in who specifically his whole thing is he will buy any comic with black superheroes in it. He's got to be like 22, 23 years old. This is his mission. Okay. He looks for all the black superhero dudes, right? And he came in. When the reorder had come in of Black Panther, he came in and said, hey, man, you got, you got Black Panther here? Yes, you got it. All right, cool. He picked it up off the shelf. I've known this kid for years. Straight up. Loyola student. He, he goes, cool, thanks. And then he put it back on the shelf and walked out. He said, I'll be back later for it. And he did that because uh, one, of my, one of my coworkers, uh, Bex, Bex told him when he went to pay for it, it's like a $4.99 comic. Bex said, hey, we got a minimum uh, $10. Yeah. $10. That was the kid I was in there with. Yeah, yeah. Who bought it and then put it, yeah, who put it back. Yes, right. So he put it back. I was in there for that. And walked out. And walked out. Yeah. And, and like, I looked and I was like, why did he, what is he thinking? I I even tweeted that. And and I put it in in a pool box for him because I was like, if this dude comes back and that book ain't there, he's going to cry his damn eyes out. Right? And he came back and was like, all right, I'm back for Black Panther, right? Right. And the shelf and it was bare. He was like, Oh, no. And I said, Joe, I got you, man. He was like, what happened? And I said, bro, you put the damn book back. How did you put that book back? And he goes, well, you said it probably wouldn't sell so well. I said, yeah, two months ago I said, these are the conditions under which it must sell. Joe was like, that sounded like negativity to me. It'll be here, right? And I was like, now I have to straight up like edit how I explain things to people. Because I'm explaining things to cats sometimes, and they just, they, they're, they're totally reading what I'm saying. Or they're taking me very literally. Very literally. Right? And he was like, I got time to go to a couple classes. Yeah, I can do whatever. You know, I can holler at some honey. I can be back. Right. I'm going to ride the L. Do my thing. Shit, I might have to spit some like some hip-hop in the subway tunnels. I got time to live my life. Right? Black and, come back and, get, and come back and get Black Panther. Right, right. So, this is probably, this is, I have not seen a book this hot uh, from Marvel specifically without doing an entire line relaunch in a long time. Yeah. Okay. You know? Like Star Wars. That was, I mean, Star yeah, that Wars was the thought. That was the thought. But the thing, the, the, the question becomes, actually, success by any metric is, do you keep selling? Right. Is number two, if you, are you still getting that same interest for that number two? I'm going to be happy with my number two sales because I've got over 20 subscribers who want to subscribe to Black Panther. So right now, those 20 subscribers give me a number of my order that's a guaranteed sale that actually rivals some other books. Basically, my I have, the, I have a situation where it could be that you know, Black Panther is one of my top four or five selling comics. And that's fine by me. Now, on the shelf, I was selling a lot of those books to speculators. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah, like, I think that at this point, this we already... number one, so... Yeah, and we yeah. already have a lot of people who, who already believe they don't they don't have to have... The, that, that somehow collecting comics requires discipline and patience they don't have. <laughs> it's some arcane magical thing that we nerds do that they themselves can't do. They can, Oh, man, the second issue, when's it come out? I go, a month from now. They go, a month from now? I go, yeah, just like when you were a kid. Like, you just remember. like every magazine you read, right? 
Like, re- the things that we read don't have to be treated like Netflix TV shows. And Netflix TV shows are the way they are because we now have no attention span. Right? They have to give us an entire damn season in one whap so that, like, we can just be like, oh, man, Daredevil season two is out. I'm watching all of it. So, yeah, we binge watched, but, like, that spoke, I think it, it was, it was kind of worse, a worse message to send to people. It could be. By us doing that. And in comics, people trade weight now because they can't, you know, yeah. see guys. They, they asked Tommy Coates, he says, would it be better if I get the trade or I just get the thing? He says, well, I recommend you get each individual issue from your local comic store. You do that. But if you want to read it all in one shot, go ahead and wait for the trade and everything. But know that you're basically missing out. It's like a TV show. Like I'm missing out on the story developing right. as opposed and then people are talking about it and people are like, okay, issue four, you did this thing, whatever, whatever. And that, that, is, a very, that is a very clever way of Tana Hizikos saying you, if you wait for the trade, you're fucking with my money. Because that's what you're effectively doing. Like but basically, these creators right. get paid on the sales on the of the initial issues. On initial issues, right. right. Thing is that I, as a consumer, most of the time don't know that. Right. Because I'm like, well, shit, I want to read, like, say, like, I can get the whole season. Right. I'll just wait for the whole season. Meanwhile, the people who were, who, who've made this thing for right. you right. don't get paid for they're, that. They're right. like, they're, they don't get paid. Do, do each a certain one. number comes in from right. the stretch, yeah. So his thing was, and actually he then took it off to another level, like, where, what other comics do that? What other comics actually do the, I'm going to hit you with all 20 issues of this joint at the same time? No one. That was his thing. Like, no. nobody does that. Right. Nobody hits you with, like, here's a trade paperback. When people do it, you wow. know what? When people do it, it's called an original graphic novel. <laughs> and the sales of original graphic novels only really, like, there's two markets for it, basically. There's the market of uh, the indie comics situation, like alternative press comics, where somebody would say, stuff, yeah. somebody would just be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do Persepolis. Here it is. Boom. It's done. Thank wow. you. Give my money. Or, like, the indie creators who are just like, you know, Lucy Nisley choose to put a book out. She'll just drop something. This is my book. Yeah. Right? But it might be once every other year, once a year. Right? She's not trying to do a monthly comic or a quarterly comic. No. Right? You can right. have a, a graphic novel come out that is just that one thing and it's just all done. That is a graphic novel, in fact. Yeah. And comics, comics are, in general, intended to be read in a serialized, Seriously. episodic manner. Seriously, you're right. So you can't, like, you want a person who says, I just want to read it all at once. Really what they're saying to you is, Outside of the fact that they don't collect comics and they don't know how, they're also really saying that they've never come up with that tradition. Like, what if everything you did had to be completed for you in order for you to consume it at all, right? What if, You'd like, be waiting for a long time? What if a sports season took a week? You know what I mean? That'd be fucking weird. You know, that, that's a hard thing to have to for me to get around. Right. You know, but the thing where it hurts creators by trade waiting is their money. It's tied, like they got they get paid a page rate already, right? And they get paid residuals, like royalties. You know what I mean? Right. They don't get to own the characters if you're working for Marvel or DC. Right. But those sales that go through, right, that directly affects their pockets. But now what I've learned from other people in the industry, and it's very it's complicated and weird, and it's kind of it's it, it's a hustle though. It's a hustle. Is that when you're trade waiting, the creators don't get paid from the trades that you're waiting on, that you're buying now, until the numbers come back in. On some big box chain stores, right? So like big box chains, yeah, like they're not they're not obligated. Barnes and Noble is not Noble. obligated to support your graphic novel, right? They're really not. They can do they'll order it, I guess, right? But they're not comic shops. So truthfully, the way that DC and Marvel end up saving money down the road is not paying you out until your sales have hit a certain threshold, right? Then you get paid out. So if you don't have one of the hottest graphic novels on the market 
Trade waiting is hurting you like nobody's fucking business. Huh. You need people to be order- buying your actual comic. And people will, you need, therefore, us retailers ordering it and reordering it. So if there's something that you like, I would say write a list of the comics down you want to read. Go to Google Calendar and put the damn release dates in your, in your calendar. So that you know when those books are out. So that you just go get that damn next issue. Now this is if you're going to be a collector. Or do a subscription. Or do a subscription. Or pull this yeah. are your friend. Right? Pull this are your friend. Right? Now, I'm right now, because I, I just moved my shop to a, a different space, I'm dealing with different, like, cats coming up and, like, having to adjust pull list. And it's a thing where so I've got guys who adjust, adjust pull list twice a week. Right? But since the order doesn't go until the end of the month, I have time to play around with that a little bit. Okay. But that's a little different than how it used to be. And it's just an adjustment I just have to make, right? I want your book on a pull list. I want to make sure you're happy that you get it. Right. That helps me. It helps the creator. I I like that guaranteed sale. The monthly comics issue as a retailer, though, and this is where the Black Panther thing gets tricky, is since I think a bunch of the people buying issue one were speculators, I'm not sure that I'm going to have the strongest sale on issue number two. So I'm going to go somewhat conservative to above conservative on issue number two, where I went kind of conservative but nuts on issue one, right? But I have so many people who are down for issue one who are willing to put on the pull list oh, that if I right. sell 20 issues, like, you know, by that weekend, I'm not concerned. You know what I mean? I'm okay with that. Black Panther can have a home on my shelf. Now, I don't know how long Coates is on Black Panther. He was talking about he's going to do just like 13 issues, okay. but they were going to do a second year. Okay. So... That could be 24 issues. 24 issues. So that, that's almost that that there is gonna make that dude a lifer in the comic book business. Right? <laughs> Comparatively. Yeah. Comparatively, right? A lot of guys, a lot of times a guy like this, my, one of my favorite writers, Warren Ellis, is on a comic. If Warren Ellis is announced to be on your comic, you can set your watch that he won't be there by issue eight. He's got one great storyline he wants to do. He's gonna do it, he's gonna get in and get out. If he's on for three storylines, if he's on for three trades worth, like 18 issues, that's great. If you get him for 27 issues, it's fucking legendary. Right, a lot of guys in this business don't stick around longer than that. Yeah. So now let's talk about how we felt about the comic. <laughs> let's get on that. Let's get on. Let's get on that. All right. Now, see, I got I got the drunk, mad excited, really excited. Says, okay, let's just see what the see what's going. Think I've read the uh, Christopher Free stuff. I've read. I know some of the major storylines. Right. Um, so trying to see where we're going with this. Where we going? Where is he trying to take it? And so it seems like he's trying to take it to a, basically a more human conclusion where before we just saw Black Panther kicking ass. He was doing some stuff. He was kind of fighting off like some insurgencies. He was, you know, there was like one of his bodyguards in love with him. Like he's done all this stuff, but you never really got a sense of human wise. Like, is he like angry about this shit? Is he tired of it? Does he like, ah, this is bullshit. You know, you just basically see him, his mind going and how I'm going to keep one step ahead of you fucking with me. That was kind of his thing before. But now you can see he's tired. He's like, fuck, I'm, this stuff is going on. I'm, I'm, how am I, you know, how am I dealing with this? You see a lot of head bowed. His mom's up there trying to, trying to counsel him and everything, making some tough choices and everything. So I knew some back, I knew the backstory. Knew where he was come, knew where he was coming from, knew where he was trying to, not even really trying to go, but there are some foreshadowing of okay, there's gonna be some bigger shit coming down the pipe. It's gonna be ready for, and it doesn't seem like he's ready for it right now because he's really tired. He's really like, oh, this is bullshit. Like this stuff is going on. I got this other thing going on. So this book in particular didn't 
it it did more humanizing than anything else. It did foreshadowing where you saw there were some threats. You saw there was some stuff coming down the pipe that not necessarily he knows what's coming or that's his thing is I'm smarter than you. I'm more prepared than you. So when shit pops off, I already saw it coming. So I already got some stuff in play. Um, gave this book to somebody else who says, okay, you know, you read it. You see how you, you see how you deal with it. And she didn't really get it. She's like, I know something's happening. I didn't, I don't know the backstory. And to know the backstory probably would have been a good idea. Probably been a good thing. I would put some of this stuff in context of what he's dealing with. Because like, you know, this is insurgency coming up. Like where does this come from? Okay. Who are these two chicks over here? What are, you know, what is that? You explain their bodyguards, but what does that mean exactly? And because I've read, you know, before where like, basically you're like, is right and left arm. Like you're doing, you know, not only you bodyguards, but you're around all the time. You're doing things for him. Then this isn't something that I don't think we jumped off to a good, maybe exposition later on, but this isn't something we jumped off to a good start on someone who's never read Black Panther. Right. Who's never read, like, who doesn't know who these people are, who just knows, like, there's a thing, it's a place called Wakanda, and right. Black Panther runs it. Yeah. And that's all I really know. We don't know about Vibranium. We don't know about the rest of this kind of stuff. We don't know about these insurgencies that have happened, like, say, back in the uh, Christopher Reese uh, run. We don't know these things. So what do we do here? And Kota seems to be, like, well, on Twitter, he seems like, okay, you know, I got a plan for this. I'm explaining to you how this works, but I don't know if particularly like somebody who's jumping into this, this probably wasn't a good this this wasn't a good exactly jump. Exactly why it is that this is the core, and we're gonna get to this in a minute. This is the core of what was wrong with Batman versus Superman. Okay. Tanahasi Coates is making a mistake. Right? He knows there's all these comics out here where a bunch of shit happened to Black Panther, and he's so busy using things from these other comics to tell the story he wants to tell that he's forgotten one very core thing, or at least, I mean, it's the first comic he ever wrote, right? So, like, yeah. there's something that was at the core that he missed. Black Panther, his superpower is that he's prepared for everything, right? We like the dude because people keep coming at him and he's got something, for, got you something for you that right. you didn't expect. Right. You. The reason the Black Panther is interesting is... Everyone sleeps on the Black Panther. In this first damn issue, no one's sleeping on the Black Panther. No one's sleeping. Apparently, everything in the world is happening in Wakanda that the Black Panther either doesn't know about, or he wasn't paying attention to, or in some other comics, some shit went down. We got somebody in jail that they don't want to assassinate, they don't want to uh, execute. Yeah. They got to. I didn't know Black Panther had a mother. I didn't need to know. I met Black Panther's mother, and I was like, why is she on my page? Why you if I face? had to read a Batman comic where Batman's mom was constantly walking in the cave talking about, man, work was rough today, <laughs> I'd be like, what in the shit's going on here? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you here? I get it. If this is a TV show, Coates, if he's writing a television show and we got 16 episodes or 18 episodes in a season, right? And I'm going to tune in next week and figure it out. Like, I watch a lot of TV shows that seemed interesting, but I just didn't know what was going to go down. And just I read the synopsis. Let me try it. You know, black sales. I'm going to learn who all these pirates are, right? I'll figure it out. I don't know why this person hates that person. Right. I, oh, these two people, they seem to be enemies, but when the, at the end of the episode, they're banging? Oh, okay, I guess I'll figure that out later. Fine, in television and comics, you have right now five bucks of my money 
why in the hell is Black Panther being Aquaman? This political bullshit that all goes around that bores the fuck out of everybody, that's an Aquaman comic, right? When people get Aquaman wrong, that's what they do. They have him sitting on the on the throne with his head all bowed like, man, she's rough. the miners are they're rebelling. Shit, my ex-wife calling me and giving me the finger on FaceTime, you know? <laughs> oh, man, the kids are just yelling and running around. I just stepped on a fucking Lego. <laughs> I'm a fucking king. I ain't doing this shit right. What the hell? There were more interesting people whose names I couldn't even tell you. They just had cool tech, right? Black Panther sitting there trying to read the little screen like, somebody's making my people mad. You making your people mad because you ain't being Black Panther. God, this is why Submariner keep trying to wreck your damn country because you're boring him. Why is it that everybody else who writes Black Panther can do this shit? Like Jonathan Hickman's Black Panther was right. When, when If you read the new Avengers comics, when Black Panther was in it, Everything they tried to do to that dude, he was Black Panther was ready when a Earth was coming to smash into our Earth. He had a plan. Luckily, I have an alien Earth repelling bomb that you didn't know I even fucking had, dog. Right. right. I got that shit. Right. That's the thing. Like in the Christopher Priest, they're like, I got submarines sitting under New York Harbor right now. You right, right. And that's the dude everybody wants to read. Nobody knows they're there. But in the case some bullshit happens. I can raise like eight submarines in all the oceans. If in this second issue, if in this second issue, I don't see a scene that is Michael Jai White throwing a goddamn boomerang, right? Ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room. <laughs> like if I don't see that in the second issue, I'm going to email this dude and be like, "Mother, listen, bro, should I send you an outline of how to save your ass?" <laughs> right? Because right now you are writing some like highfalutin fucking shit, and that's not hot in the streets. You know, I ain't saying go write some Luke Cage smacking bitches around kind of shit. I ain't right. saying you gotta do no crazy. Okay, I saying. mean, but you, Black but you, Panther's you, prepared for everything, and this is the first issue you ain't prepared for shit. But you want, we do want Black Panther smacking shit out of somebody. Yeah, anyone at this point, a bus driver, fucking hey, I don't, somebody. He needs to straight up like I don't walk behind a church and like grab a preacher out of a goddamn Cadillac. Him, somebody, uh, get to it already. I'm calling bullshit. Like, I I'm, I read an issue in which Black Panther sat behind a desk and had his mom talk to him. Right? But mom did more adjudicating and shit. Oh, she, you, this chick, she won't clemency and shit. She done betrayed Black Panther. When you find out how she betrayed him, you got to read somebody else's Black Panther comic. Why? Yeah, Why do I want to read somebody else's Black Panther comic? I got people coming to the comic shop from miles around looking for Black Panther number one, and I got to tell them, well, if, if it's going to matter to you, you should read these three volumes. <laughs> if it makes of this sense, thing, yeah. If it right? makes sense, read right. these four volumes of this thing. Read these two things here. You know, the best thing I got was that Storm and he ain't married no more. Right. And she was talking shit while standing next to some cows or some shit. No. What the cows got to do with that, dog? Man, look. Why is Storm in Africa? She you know, connecting. No, <laughs> Africa's a very big place. Why are there only two people with superpowers in the Africa, goddamn country? Africa's also not a country. Right. Yup. Oh, look, I found an African with superpowers. We should get married. What? That's like, oh, oh, shit. I found a woman with a Toyota. I have a Toyota. We should get married. And we're the same shade of brown for some reason. because that nonsense. Because the palette also just has brown. Just no light, no dark, just brown. So, I'm very happy this comic happened. I'm I'm happy that Tana Hesse Coates is in comics right now. Yes, I'm very happy with that, too. I'm thrilled. If he pulls this out, I got a list of characters I like this guy to write. But something better happen in this fucking comic because right now, this is Black Aquaman. That's what I got. I'm expecting Volko to come up through the wheat fields and shit and be like, yo, man, I'm going to check out this vibranium on you. 
because uh, I know you ain't got time to go down the vibranium mines. I'm just going to go look at it real quick. I'm sure Claw's going to attack at some point. That's King what he does. Panther, sir. Right, you that's know. what he does. That's what he does. <laughs> Doctor Doom was going to appear within four fucking issues, too. Right. And be like, yo, you're made, vibrating with my they shit. Made allusion, they, they made allusions to other comics that if you're just on Black Panther number one, you're like, what? Something happened before I got here. No. But you're not really explaining to me Skip what the hell happened. all of that. Why don't write a comic alluding to fifteen other comics? Screw that. You're new. This Black Panther is new. The only thing that matters is he's prepared for everything. Give him some shit to be prepared for. Blow us out of the water, issue one. Or give us some shit that we don't think he's prepared for, and then find out later that he is. No. Mm-mm. Part of the thing if you talk about being prepared. Yeah. Because we have the audience have to think like, oh shit, he didn't see this coming. Nobody saw this shit coming. Oh shit, meteor! Oh shit, the vibranium blew the fuck up. And he goes, "Oh, I knew that. My little card took my Kamoji card told me all that shit. <laughs> my card told me all this shit. And guess what? Y'all were just like, oh, the Black Panther ain't doing shit. And like, I flipped the button. I came, smacked somebody, and look, oh, oh, look at that. Look at that. The thought, the 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 dramatic." pause the dramatic pull is not we think he's prepared but we don't think he's prepared because like you said people are sleeping on him that motherfucker moped the entire first fucking issue he kind of did you know he kind of did he got i mean he kind of did i would call him emo oh but comparatively cats who are emo got two three jobs they fucking jamaican cab drivers compared to this motherfucker he just kicking it like mom what's going on in my kingdom I'm like, know, I don't know how long going to be your kingdom, son. I kill somebody. Right. So. I mean, good luck with that. Woo! I thought the one thing he needs to stay away from is Wakandan politics. Don't but do it. That no one cares. That seems to be the shit he wants to do. Oh, man. <laughs> I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy Nobody that... reads Iron Man because they want to see Tony Stark go to board meetings. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Nobody reads Captain America because they want to see Steve Rogers going to fucking, like, World War II reunions. Sit around a bunch of old people on on dilapidated aircraft carriers. Nope. No. Uh. Okay. Well, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm I'm, I'm glad he's doing it. I'm, yes. I, I want to see where he's going. With Welcome him. to Comics, Tyler Hesse yeah. Coates. <laughs> so let's see if hopefully if 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 the if the if the honeymoon lasts more than one issue. You know, like I said, if you contract to do thirteen, okay. The sales my, I feel are great. Like my people are gonna support, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. There will be support, and I think that when he gets his feet under him, I think it will. It, I think he's a good writer in general. He's a really good writer in general, so I think he can do comics. I, I, there are people doing comics that been doing it for years. Though? Does that translate? For him, I think it will. Okay. There are people already doing comics who have been doing it for 10 fucking years that I think suck, right? And he ain't in that category. But he getting paid, they getting paid, so they, yes. they're probably like, fuck you, yes. whatever you They don't about. actually care what I think. Yes. I tell them anyway. Put the pencil down, son. <laughs> You ain't made for this. I hear there's a vacancy over at the Boston market. Don't be mad. UPS is hiring. Right. Straight up. <laughs> Someone's got to spoon that mac and cheese at the Boston market. Get your ass out of comics. I'm not saying that about this dude. He's a he's really good writer. I just think the way he starts the Black Panther is, is not the hottest. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Obviously, let's say it's, it's out, what, two weeks from now then? The next month? Oh, uh, yeah. I think we're about two, maybe three weeks away. Yeah. Okay. And the second the second printings of number one for those who missed it, who are trying to catch up on it in about a month. Okay. Those all hit shops too. Okay. 
So, yeah, I'm glad he's doing it. Um, we're going to see where it go. Um, we're going to go into the rock. So, yeah. like, very few, like, like I said, because he is who he is, when it came out, okay, he's writing this thing, people are like, oh, shit. And this was actually a way for people to get back or into comics in the first place. Like, yeah. I had people ask me who never read, who haven't read comics in years or who have never read them. Like, oh, you got that? You know, let me read that. Yeah. You know, let me see what he, you know. That is also a very good thing for comics, too. When comics are moving to meter with dudes, like, I, speculators are one thing, but when cats are just purely interesting. Purely interesting. Because now you can't get them at newsstands anymore. You know what I mean? Right. It used to oh, be. that spot on Chicago and Michigan where, like, you was this little newsstand type joint. Rick's. Just that was Rick. Wait. Chicago and Michigan. I'm thinking uh, Randolph and Michigan. Okay. The Chicago Michigan spot. I know that by the water tower. That's a different. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, it's I a little, little kiosk yep. joint. Yep. Yeah, That's been that. there for years. Yep. Think yeah, you can't get you can't get them at those anymore. You can't. The can't direct market is everything. You got to go to comic shops. You can subscribe through the mail. There's websites that get you your comics and shit. Yeah. But that that general that but that every man buzz what comics always had before. Yeah, like we all have a relative. It was like, oh man, back in the day, I had boxes like, and boxes under right, my bed because it was like the sp- the, the spinny wheel spinner thing. Racks, yeah, you spin them and like get your Archie and yep, shit. Yep. Meh. All right, lost culture there. Not that I'm entirely complaining, it's my business is selling you the comic books. And I'm the one guy you can come to in the Rogers Park, Edgewater area who knows what the fuck he's talking about. Oh, you can come from anywhere. You can actually come from the south side. You could. And visit the shop. At 6443 North Sheridan Road. You can do that. Yep. Do that shit. Third Coast Comics. Boom. Which I will say, though, if you're new to Third Coast Comics and you have not been to the new location, Google Maps may lie to you. Because if you just search for 6443 North Sheridan Road, the pin is in the wrong place on Google Maps. It's on the north side of the train tracks of the Loyola train station, which whereas is, the shop is actually is on the south side. So if you Google Third Coast Comics, the pin is in the correct place. But if you Google the address, the pin is in the wrong place. When I was looking at this spot to even move my shop there, I remember looking and going, oh, damn, my shop is just outside the red line, the Loyola red line? Cool. All right, maybe I'll take that. All right, I like that. Then I was walking to go check it out, and I was like, wait, these numbers don't make any sense. <laughs> Hold on a minute. What in the hell? So yeah, Google's not exactly being very quick to but there you go. alter the data from their little Google mobile. Google mobile. All right. Next joint. What you got on the on, on your We got to talk on the podcast straight up oh, about shit. Batman versus Superman. <laughs> we were talking about it online and some we friends were privy to that conversation. Yo, yes, that was that and was they demanded this get talked about on the podcast. That shit was epic. That shit was epic. If it was so epic, I'm, I, I may need to get my phone and like try to recount this shit. <laughs> I talked some shit and we recounted it. And the uh, the the the, on, the 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 beginning place where we're gonna start. You loved it. I did. I saw it twice. I loved it. Troy hates it. Twice. I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it very much. You hated that shit. I didn't hate it. I did not hate it. I wouldn't see it again. You typed like a I, man who hated it. Type. <laughs> Oh, Angry keyboard like cat. Claw bands. Angry keyboard cat. Ah! No, I did not hate it. I just didn't, didn't like, like it very it. much. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to watch it again. I think this is how I feel about Black Panther. I did not hate this. I just didn't like it. Very I didn't like it. That's fine. Right. And that's and that's a middle Fair. ground. Yep. I understand yep. your black and white ass. Yes. More so like you exactly. love it or you hate it. Man, I got to move on, right? Like I got time for middle ground. I have things to do. I got places to go. And shades of gray. Into. Fuck that. Like, shades of gray. Is this black or is this white? I got, I got time. We're done. <laughs> We're done with that shit. Yes. All right. So you had points about why you loved it. Yes. And I'm going to let you 
I, all right, I'm, explain I'm, why I love it. All right, I, so, no, no, is this because spoilers? If you ain't seen the shit, you ain't seen the shit. You're not gonna, right? You, like, spo- spoilers. You, you could have torrented a bad cam version of it by now. Not that we condone such actions. Not at all. What's you up, know. RAA? What's up? <laughs> that would be wrong. What's up, FBI? What's up? Don't steal movies. Don't steal movies. Yeah. So right. speak, speak, speak on why you right. loved it. So, first of all, here's a lot of the reason why I think people don't No, like no, 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 no. Do, do your shit. Why I love it. Okay, so do your shit. generally here's the thing. In superhero comics, I need to see the kind of thing that I see in superhero com- uh, movies, rather. Superhero movies, I need to see what I see in superhero comics, which is characters actually going through an arc. Characters who start out in one place, right. learn some shit, and go to a, end up in a different place. Mm-hmm. That they're not the same dude at the end the, as they were as at the beginning. Yeah. Right? When it comes to Marvel movies, I don't get that from any of these characters. Not in, in 9 to 13 movies have I gotten any character, except strangely for Wolverine in the X-Men movies. Wolverine is the only character thus far... Um, Majorly, who has actually started in one place and ended up in a different place. I would say Charles Xavier has done the same thing too, but those aren't actually Marvel movies. That, that was a different studio. Those aren't like Marvel Studios. So yeah. when we talk about Marvel movies, we have to talk about the movies that are run by Marvel Studios. Now, yeah. Warner Brothers has only had two movies to get their shit in on the superhero front because we can't count uh, the Dark Knight trilogy anymore because that's not the DC Cinematic Universe. Okay. Right? The Batman we're seeing in Batman vs. Superman is not Christopher Nolan's Batman. Right? He's not that guy. So I'm counting. They have two movies under the belt. Okay. Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice. Okay. Right? In Man of Steel, you're getting a Superman who basically becomes Superman on the worst possible day for humanity. I call it Krypton Day. Right? They have a bunch of Kryptonians show up and, and shake the earth like a snow globe. Is the first damn day he puts on his costume and goes up to defend humanity. Right, his father's dead. Like you know, he's got no real support system for how to do the superhero thing, and there are no other superheroes to inspire him, lead him, show him the way. It is all basically on his own. Effectively, at this point, he is like a teenager who has been told, "Hey, man, fuck that testosterone going through your system. Make your own decisions and figure it out." Right? In Man of Steel, right? Okay. And a lot of people didn't like Man of Steel because it wasn't their Superman. But their Superman has had decades to figure some shit out, right? This is Superman on day one with no Superboy career. It's no, he's got nothing going on. He's got, he doesn't even have like what, what Christopher Reeve had. With little crystals constantly fucking talking to him. Like, yeah, sure, okay, Russell Crowe said a few things. But Russell Crowe was out like throwing elbows and shit just to get out of Krypton, right? That's not fucking Marlon Brando. You know what I mean? That ain't the same fucking thing. He didn't yeah. have that, right? Yeah. He, deal, he gets through Krypton, Dan. At the end of that movie, he's like basically saying, listen, guys, all right, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to protect humanity. And that scene that happens with that, that the, the brother who, whose name I always forget, but was in the, what the hell, was he in like, was he in the Cooley High thing remake? Who's the, who's the dude who was the general? The oh. cat who plays the general who's been acting forever, who I see in all kinds of shit. I love this guy, but I can never remember his name. You know? But like, I... You know what I'm talking I about? I know what you're talking about. I don't remember his name. Right. Okay, Google it. IMDb does. All right, anyway. <laughs> we'll figure it out for y'all. All right? I know he ain't Andre Brower, and he... <laughs> I know who he's not. <laughs> yeah. All I the brothers who is who not, not. Right. It's you, it's not, not you, it's not you, it's not you. But at the end of that movie, at the end, he, he basically comes to that dude and says, look, all your drones flying around and your spy planes and shit, you're following me and trying to figure out where I lay my head, and I'm not going to show that to you. 
right? I'm not going to work for you. I'm going to do this my way, right? At the end of Man of Steel, you're supposed to get the you should get the idea that that could also be a mistake, right? Because the people who are trying to watch him or look out for him, peep in on him, aren't bad guys. They're just the government, right? It wasn't framed like we want to use him for our own ends and shit. They just happen to be the government, right? By the time you get to Dawn of Justice, Superman has been using this, I'm going to do my own thing my way. Goes on. Harry Lennox. I can't believe that's that man's actual name. <laughs> that's like the name of a supervillain. <laughs> Harry Lennox is that dude's actor. Harry Lennox III from Chicago. Holy shit. He might be my new favorite actor. <laughs> that's awesome. Chi-Town represents. Right. Harry fucking Lennox. If I see that dude in a con, I'm going to buy him a drink. Harry, I never knew that guy's actual name. He's in all kinds of shit. Somebody see that dude. He's in all kinds of shit. This is going to be good. Attended Northwest University. Look at that. Where he's, rec- he's recognized in who's who among American college students. He majored in acting and directing and graduated, graduation state teacher in Chicago, moving to New York, then L.A. Of course, he made those mistakes. That's okay. Yeah, you know. We'll forgive him that. Yeah, especially New York. Because fuck L.A. Fuck New York. All right, so anyway... Um, <clears throat> What we get, though, is now he's been doing his thing his way. The problem is he's got a blind spot and he's arrogant because he's got the power to do things his own way. So he's being manipulated, right? So now we're at kind of the middle of his, his career. More than two years at the Krypton Lab. Okay. Right? Right. This is very important to me, right? Like, in all this time, he has never had to come down and say to people, humans who are worshiping him, Guys, this ain't right. Let's figure out a way that I can be best utilized. How can my skills best help you? We know the whole thing with Holly Hunter and shit, like, where she's basically saying the whole movie. What is this dude on? Right? Every time she's saying, man, there was like a, there was a massacre in Africa and dudes died and Superman did that. He never comes back and is like, no, I didn't. Right? People are able to put things on him yeah. without him actually responding to it because he's above it all. Yeah. He's so removed from it. Right. The fact that people think he's capable of these things isn't even really doesn't even bugging him. Bugging him. Right. And he's getting in bathtubs with his clothes on. But uh, whatever. Because I think somebody in the Amy Adams bathtub scene. I think the best way to resolve that is that he got in the damn bathtub. Like that was awkward as shit. I looked at that scene and I was like, now this is this is I'm gonna briefly say this is the thing I did not like. I don't like Zack Snyder. This was the least Zack Snyder movie I've ever watched Zack Snyder have though. But that scene was awkward and weird and creepy. And I thought, as soon as Clark Kent got in that bathtub, I was like, thank God. Okay, now it's just not a creepy bathtub scene. Now two dumbasses who are willing to ruin a cell phone or two, right, by not taking a cell out of their pockets to have some fun. I don't mind seeing Clark and Lois have fun, right? Because this Superman isn't a guy that we thought ever knew what fun was. He's right. capable of having, he, he came home to have that right. conversation because his head is heavy. He is noticing things. He just doesn't know what to do about them shits. And by the time we get through the action of the movie, we learn Luthor is manipulating him. Batman's out to get him. Yeah. Right? Batman's got like a revenge plot going on because this thing Superman has to answer for. Right? There are folks who don't trust him. Yeah. He's not doing anything to like help you trust him. Right? And bad things are coming for Metropolis and the world at large. At the end of this film, we get to a point where Superman learns he needs to drop this arrogant bullshit, right? Get over himself a bit. And he learns the one major thing a superhero needs to know. And that's that he might have to sacrifice himself so that other people live, right? And that's what he did at the end of this movie. At the end of this movie, he inspires Wonder Woman and Batman by sacrificing his own life, right? Which is some shit that they wouldn't have thought he was capable of. Batman 
wouldn't have thought to ever do this his damn self, right? And Wonder Woman was living an isolationist existence. Yeah. All three of them had this kind of allegorical thing happening for what human history has actually been like up to this point. Yeah. Various ways we've made these mistakes. We have over-policed our people through fear, right? right? We have monitored them and done things to protect them, quote-unquote, which may or may not have hurt them. Right. And we have been hands-off and shit. We might have, should have been hands-on a little bit sooner. Yep. That was the message I think they're doing. And I think the only reason these things are lost in this movie... Like, when I'm talking about this movie to people, they're amazed that they missed all this shit. Well, they missed it all because you got a shit director directing it. Right? The story's fine. Right? But I watched the movie for two and a half hours, two times... And there are things that I think, like, the, the, they're showing you really important shit. Like, uh, Lex Luthor has the file on Aquaman and Cyborg Flash and, and Flash and yeah, Wonder Woman. Like, the whole reason Wonder Woman's looking for this photo is because she doesn't want anyone knowing she ever existed. Yeah. Right? She's out. Right? She needs all evidence removed. But Lex Luthor has got this. And if Lex Luthor has information on all these superheroes, these superpowered people, and it can and be it, good. And has designed their logos. Well, he did design their logos. That's fine. I'm, I'm cool. Well, I mean... He needed Lex Luthor had a plan. That shit was that shit was pro made. So. I've I've seen companies, I've seen comics rather, involving Lex Luthor, where Lex Luthor has created his own super teams for yeah. his own purposes. This has happened in comics. Yeah. So I can see Lex Luthor creating your logo because he's got a plan for you. Man, when you when I talk to you and I present you Aquaman the brand, you're gonna want to work for me because I'm Phil fucking Knight. Like that's 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 Luthor's thing. I get that thing. Hmm. The trick here is what people just aren't thinking about is why would Luthor do that? And he would do it because he has been in communication with Darkseid and Darkseid's agents. He's got mother boxes. He's giving them mother boxes. The mother boxes have influence, right? Darkseid's corrupted these mother boxes. And this is how Cyborg gets built. You see that in the movie. Right. Right? You see there's a deleted scene that I found online in which Steppenwolf is giving or presenting Luthor mother boxes. That scene is cut from the movie. Okay. This is very important because it relates directly to what Luther was saying at the end of the movie about they have heard us, they are listening, they are coming. Right. He's talking about Dark Side and Apocalypse. Okay. Which in the movie, they dropped that whole thing. I normally say you don't you shouldn't have to know a bunch of shit about comics to enjoy a comic book movie. That's yeah. It's wrong. If you have to know it, if you have to know it going in, knowing that the bulk of the people watching shit aren't comic book heads, you have made a mistake. Huge one. You and, made a big and mistake. That's, and that's what I think a lot of people didn't like or hated, why they didn't like or hate this movie. Right. Because they had to know this shit. Now, all this stuff that you've talked about, you know this stuff because you've read this shit. Or I inferred it. Or oh, inferred. I right. inferred it because you the, are pre- the things that I saw in this movie aren't like they are in the comics. I just had, I, I said to myself, that thing is a mother box. It didn't look shit like mother box looking in the comics. I have absolutely no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Right. So, but I know yes. it's a thing, right? And you know what the thing is? Because you, you got to some Kirby New Guy shit, yeah. So my thing was is that, and I think a lot of people was the fact that you had to. If I didn't know shit about it, if I just knew, okay, Superman is the, the kind of the naive do-gooder who wants, you know, thinks humanity is going to do well, it's going to be okay. Wonder Woman is just like, hey, don't fuck with me. I kick all y'all asses. Batman is the paranoid detective kind of. Well, he hasn't been a detective in a while. Ever. But he's, in a movie, he's never been a detective. He's never been a detective. No. But he's the paranoid fuck who just like sits over in his little cave and like monitors everything because he's afraid of everybody. Or at this point, he's basically, we get a Batman who's about to retire. He's, he wants to hang him up. Right. And, that, and I, I enjoyed that about, and that's one thing I think Affleck did well, was the fact that like he said he used, and he made this inference, and this is where I got this inference from, where 
I'm old as shit. I used to be good. Yeah. I'm not good anymore. Slow it down. I'm not good. I require more input from Alfred to just stay alive. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to do well. I'm trying to, but I'm not a good guy anymore. And that's basically how we're being able to, to explain away why we're why we're just shooting motherfuckers in the head at this point. Because like I'm not that guy anymore who can you know throw the batarang, wrap you up, and leave. I'm not, and I'm not sure this Batman was ever that guy. This Batman, this Batman may have always been a guy that said, "You're trying to kill me. I got to take you down." Right. Have one between the eyes, blah. There yeah. you go. So my thing with this is, there's so much in this movie you had to infer. There's so much, and like you're not, if you're trying to give me a, a character unlike the the popular ones, like like the naive Superman who's like sure. humanity, Wonder Woman who just like takes on all comers, like you know what, fuck it. If you're trying to do wrong, I got, you know, I'm locking you down. You're done. And the Batman who's like, from my cave, I got my Batmobile. I got my armor, which is kind of like a Dark Knight kind of thing. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to keep you safe by keeping you basically locked down. If I'm trying to do all this, if you're not doing, if you're not giving me this in the movie and you're inferring these things that other people know, I'm like, I don't, why is this happening? Why do you do this? Why is this like this? And that's going to impact my enjoyment of the movie. Sure. I haven't personally read a Superman thing since, I think, since uh, uh, Dude Broke His, broke his Shit. Um, since the Batman thing? Or something? No, since uh, Superman. Uh, since, um, fuck. It was, a, it was a bad guy, this fucking thing. Well, Doomsday? Doomsday. Right, since Doomsday you. Broke His Shit. Like, I haven't read a Batman. I read Batman. I read Superman then. Okay. That was pretty much the last Superman I think I read. So, but this whole thing about Superman is that, hey, I got all these powers. I'm trying to help humanity. We understand Batman's paranoid as fuck. And Batman and dude is originally is very obstinate about, hey, there's a dude. And it's not, he's, he's helping, trying to help people. Okay, cool. There's 1% that he's going to go absolute batshit and just go, yeah, no pun intended. He's going to go batshit and just wipe motherfuckers out because he can. What do we do to stop it? I understand, and that fits the character because right. Batman's a paranoid fuck. Right. Batman always thinks everybody's out to get him. Sure. So or do some other form of wrong for a thing he's right. trying to protect. Right. So like, oh, you're acting good now, but what happens if you go bad? If you go bad, in I fact, got specifically your with Superman, the issue was Superman isn't careful enough to not harm others. So on Krypton Day, Superman and Zod fight, and a bunch of Wayne Bruce Wayne's employees die. Die. Right. Right. Because they're Wayne, the the metropolis branch of Wayne Tech, or whatever Wayne Industries, of Wayne which Tech. is right across the river from fucking Gotham. But that's okay. That, that's fine. That's no, not okay. It is okay. Here's why it's okay. It's it's a it's a fucking major company. They have offices all over the no, place. No, that's a company. Just the proximity between Metropolis and Gotham. Nah, it's also still okay. This is, there's also precedent for this. Okay, this is where is Gotham City? Somewhere. Somewhere. So how do you know Gotham City isn't already in New Jersey? Because the fact that if Batman has some shit, because we've seen if Batman has some shit going on, only Batman's dealing with it. Because Superman doesn't zip his ass over and solve some shit. this is why. But here's the issue, right? Superman doesn't zip over to Gotham because Batman has always put forth the idea, everyone stay out of Gotham. I got Gotham. You can deal with the entire planet if you want to. Leave Gotham to me. And this has always been Batman's thing. Gotham is his. Yeah. Yes, Gotham can be right across the bay, right? But Batman has that city on lock. Batman's not concerned about what goes on in Vegas. 
right? <laughs> if, 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 if a tanker ship is out of control in San Diego, Batman's not about to bat plane his ass over there to get it. Yeah, but, prox- do that. but think proximity being what it is. Superman wouldn't do it. Yeah. Superman, even now. Not this character. Even in, no, no, even in comics now. Right? While Superman can get all over the place, Superman doesn't go to Opal City where Starman is and go, shit, man, because I can get here really fast. I just thought I'd help you with this. Superman didn't go to Central City where the Flash is like, bro, I know you're fast, but I'm faster, I think. Let me just help you with this thing right now. I think. He doesn't do that. Superman does not. He deals with Metropolis, outer space shit, weird shit, right? Justice League team up bullshit. He will do all of that thing, but your city's your city in the DC universe. In the Marvel universe, everything happens in New York everything. or Queens. Everything but it's always in New York. Everything right? happens in New York. Right. Fuck so New York, by the way. Where, fuck New York. Where, it, where the other cities are in the DC universe doesn't really matter where they are. I can tell you that in, in the DC universe in general, in comics, Metropolis is in Delaware, right? Okay. It's, it's in Delaware because New York City exists already. Okay. Metropolis is not New York. Right? It's not New York. It's right. in Delaware, and Gotham City is in New Jersey. So while those aren't necessarily really close together, they don't have to be really close together, in the DC Cinematic Universe, there is no reason why Gotham can't be Jersey and Metropolis not be New York. You have two opposing super people, right? yeah. metahumans, two yeah. opposing ones in two different cities. One of them happens to be Superman, right? Right. Who's flying off the goddamn Afghanistan to interfere and shit. All Batman wants is for you to stop snatching purses on the red line. Superman ain't stopping no purse snatchings, right? This is part of Batman's point, bro. You're not going to do these things. If some people are smuggling guns on the wharf here, coming into my city, where are you? You're not going to be dealing with that, and I don't want you to deal with that. Because for all I know, the way you're going to deal with that ain't the right way to deal with that. I'd rather be breaking kneecaps than have you coming in here sinking ships. Now I got fucking crashed-ass ships in my harbor, right? Because that's what Superman would do. You smuggling ships, I'm sinking the entire ship. I'm not taking anybody to jail. That's Superman's thing. So it being across the bay is actually okay because Superman does not go to everybody's town being like, I'm super dude. I got this. I'll be your superhero. If he's done it in comics before and become King Superman, and then everybody has to go after Superman and stop him. So it's okay. We're, we are up in arms. Now, the problem here in this movie with them being across the bay is I lost track of what city they were in. Right? While watching. <laughs> because they both look Shit, the same. Directly. They look exactly the same. The fights were happening at night. <laughs> right. Right. Anytime you're looking at Gotham versus Metropolis in a comic or in a cartoon, right? Metropolis has the lights on 80% of the time. Gotham, Gotham the never shit. has any lights. Gotham's dark as shit. <laughs> All the time, right? Metropolis looks futuristic. It looks like it's a it's um Art Deco. Yeah. It's Art Deco. It's an Art Deco city, right? Metropolis is every bit of Metropolis looks like Milwaukee's like like highway district. You know, it's, it's the river walk, you know, we got tall buildings with shadows, you know, and we got some water and there's some pipes with smoke, smoke you know, and there's always back. lightning so that Batman can have a shadow somewhere. They could be right next to each other, always going to be that way. This city's looked exactly the same the entire damn time. And that yeah. bothered me. Like, so where exactly but, but, was but, the Victoria ship crash? I forgot, you right. know? But then we hit like this uninhabited island that happens to be in the middle. Like, oh shit, we went up. Blew some shit up. It fell, and it fell pretty much uh, a couple miles east of where it came up. And now we're gonna have this fight. Is that where the Kryptonian ship was? That's where the final fight was. So it was on some island. It's some island that's between them. It could happen I because guess. that's where the bomb went off. Yeah, that is where the bomb went off. That, maybe that's the made a stat now. It's uninhabited. Yay! <laughs> that's Pelican Island. <laughs> you know, some seagulls caught it. Like, Gary. Oh, that's now, Gary. The, now the seagulls are radioactive. Who gives a shit? <laughs> But that's, I mean, a lot, 
It, I'm not gonna say a lot bothered me, but just the fact that Chicago is Metropolis, Gotham City is, is Milwaukee. That's kind of fucked up. Well, I'm just look, man. I'm not giving. I'm sorry. Chicago's better. Than well, Milwaukee. I, okay. By every metric available, known to man, there's nothing Milwaukee has that's better than something in Chicago, ever, ever in the history of mankind. It's a dumb fucking name. It's called Milwaukee. Okay. All right. Let's. Okay, this is making no goddamn sense. All right. It's perfect sense. No, it doesn't. We get to be Metropolis. They get to be Gotham. Complete with the but complete with the black police chief that thinks Black Lives Matter is bullshit, and y'all should just shut up. Is that the guy who said he's also never seen an incident of police brutality? No, that's our guy. Oh, their guy. Okay, all right, their guy. Their guy is like a You're right. yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Totally Gotham. <laughs> See? See what I'm talking about? That's Gotham City. There. I don't know. I enjoy the Milwaukee River Walk. When I enjoy Chicago. Milwaukee <laughs> has nice things. They're just not better than Chicago. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Right. right. They have nice things in Milwaukee. Be mad about it if you want to, Milwaukee. Catch up. <laughs> Get, Get your on our level. <laughs> Get your weight up. Get your weight up. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Only I we- enjoy Milwaukee. It's just not better. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Never has been. I love the fact we just turned from Batman Superman like to Milwaukee sucks. That's that's no. That's genuine. No, 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 no. It sucks no. worse. St. Louis sucks. St. Louis Milwaukee's does not suck. just not. Come, Come on, son. Come on. Come on, yo. I got people in St. Louis, baby. Come on. Now. They should move. Oh, come on. Skokie's got room for them. No one wants to be in Skokie. Better than St. Louis. No one wants to be in Skokie. Better than St. Louis. Well, see, well by your metric, fucking by Toledo's every better. Metric. Well, no. Nobody wants to be in Toledo. <laughs> Cleveland. No. Cleveland sucks. All right, Cleveland's worse than St. Louis. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm Cleveland worse than St. Louis. Okay. Right, we need a top ten list. No, next we, no, we don't. We're going to do this shit. No, we I'm don't. Gonna rank your shitty cities. No, we don't. I'm going to rank them. No. Rank your shit cities. No. You no, need we all not. y'all. Pack y'all bags. Just come on to Chicago. We no. got land for you. No, because the city council is going to fuck you out of it and call eminent domain Perhaps. and move you out of it. I'm looking at a spot right now that somebody that needs to get the fuck out of St. Louis can move into right now and impress, just totally improve a situation. <laughs> yeah. Southside. Next up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Troy, give me a thing that you have been you've become into lately. There is a artist named Odyssey. O-D-D-I-S-E-E. This dude's been around for a minute. He's recorded with uh, Justice League crew out of North Carolina. We dig in with Lil Brother and and, uh, Ninth Wonder and everything. He has a number of things. He's a producer. Producer, he's a rapper. of of, He he can rap a little bit. He does a... uh, Does he rap better than Kanye? Yes. Well, that's a low bar. I just need to set Kanye's a, a just setting a bar. My thing, Kanye's a punchline rapper. So the whole thing about I got a mayonnaise colored Benz, I push miracle whips. People like <laughs> there are people right now who are like, oh shit, that's the greatest line ever. He should get a Grammy. No, he's a punchline rapper. He's a punchline rapper, and when the punchlines work, they're good. But when the punchlines don't work, they're not good at all. At which point, then you say, you're a punchline rapper, and I need just a bit more than what you got. So this dude named Odyssey, he's a producer, um, he's a rapper, and he has, there was a, a, a deal on, um, he's on Bandcamp, 
and um, a couple other places. But he had a thing like, you know, buy everything I've ever made for X amount of dollars. So I bought the stuff. He has a joint called Traveling Man. And every track is named after a city. And he goes Sao Paulo, Paris, um, Miami, L.A. There's a couple L.A. ones. There's just Chicago ones. And he takes the musical influence from that city. And he makes maybe like a two or three minute kind of thing. And it's not a beat where in terms where it just repeats over and over and over again for two minutes. But there's different music in it. And it is outstanding. Um, that's been on a repeat. Um, the Chicago one is cool. He has two or three LA ones, which are great, which have some G-Funk elements to it. The Paris one is great. Like It's just good music. Um, and I know we, we've gone through, like, Grammy season's done. We've gone through the bullshit. We've gone through, at this point, Grammy-winning artists saying dumb shit on social media. And at the end of the day, good music stands up. And Odyssey makes, at this point, Odyssey makes good music. I had his stuff on repeat. Um, He's had, I think, six or seven albums. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't even think it's the latest one. Mm -hmm. But it's really, really good. Um, Really good music. Nod your head. Vibe out. Um, Good, good stuff. He's not a punchline. It's not a punchline rapper. He's trying to be very positive with it about um, trying to do better, trying to do good things or whatever. And it's very, I find it's very, it's very good to listen to, very good to just kind of vibe out to. Very much a fan of that. Um, so, yeah, Odyssey, O-D-D-I-S-E-E. Um, like I said, North Carolina, well, he's down with some, like cats from North Carolina, doing a lot of things. Like he puts out two things a year or whatever, but it's good quality stuff. And I'll point out that sometimes people say I have opinions about things, right? Really? And sometimes I say that, right? Really? And, and I, I once said, I felt like rappers from the South should all have a license to rap. And when I said that, I think it was you who put me up on Little Brother. From this point, I thought the only licensed rappers from the South would have to be outcasts, right? Like, that's it. Because everybody else, when I heard this mumbly bullshit, you know, about people's cars and their whatever the hell they're doing and whipping fucking towels around their heads or something, I don't know. I was done. I was out. I didn't care. But Little Brother really did change what I what I what you thought about, about the about the region, what Southern cats were doing, right? Big Crip. I'm still not entirely there with that dude, but okay. I understand. I get it. Okay, right? I get it. Better than what I heard a lot of cats doing. So I am curious about that. I okay. have been dealing musically, checking out a lot of a couple of different things lately. One because my man uh, uh, Fife. Five. R.I.P. Five. Five dogs passed away. Five footer. I have the five foot assassin, right? Five foot assassin <laughs> with the roughneck business. <laughs> Bust a nut inside your eye to show you where I come from. <laughs> quotables. The man is quotables. Man is quotables. <laughs> this fucking guy, like this. I mean, I was not the biggest tribe fan growing up. I just wasn't. I mean, I was a daylight guy. Yeah. I wasn't really a tribe. I was a Q-tip guy in a strange way. Like right. Q-tip, I weird. Yeah, that's how people I understood are. tip. Right, I understood fife, but just tribe. I got the whole. I, I liked that whole jazz thing they were bringing to hip hop, but it was so mellow that sometimes I just wasn't with it. But I was. It wasn't like I was looking for dudes to be harder. Right. It you just wasn't. You don't want my, those guys to be hard. Right. 
Right. Because back in those days, you had a lane. Everybody yep. had a lane. And like, you so, guys did, weren't hard. Right. You guys and were hard. I grew hard. up a hip-hop dude. Yeah. In fact, I, I grew up a metal dude and like a new wave dude and a goth kid. So I wasn't, that wasn't my shit. But I have listened to a lot of Tribe lately because we are hitting this point. And not just because like, like my man has passed, but it, it has really come down to we've hit this point in our lives where a lot of the dudes who, who form this kind of foundation for the shit that we love aren't going to be here forever. Right. David Bowie's gone. Lemmy's gone. Right? Like a dude from Tribe is gone. Like a bunch of rappers from Pop to Jam Master J are gone. Like like these guys won't all be here forever. So sometimes we don't think about just going back and peeping it until either they pass away, but at least then you're still doing it. Yeah. Right? You're still doing it. And you don't want cats passing away young because the last thing I want, like I just, it, it kind of bothers me when someone passed away at like 26 years old and cats are like, they were the best. Right? I'm, right? No. No. Hold on. They had three albums. You know what I mean? Just, I'm not sure. That's a thing that's okay. Like that, the body of work. That'll be called a sacred guy. In fact. Because we, we, Biggie gets a lot of love. Like I said, it's a New York. It's mostly a New York thing. Biggie wasn't 30. Right. And so it was like, and he had two albums. Yep. He had one album. He had a, he had a double album. Yep. No single. The first album, classic. No question. Yeah. Second album, Hits and misses. I never liked him. He mumbled entirely too much for me. He mumbled. But there, there are times when I hear the hypnotize, and I'm like, okay, that thing. Give me more of that thing. But thing and is, I can I can meet you halfway or right. something. But then he didn't make it to make it to do right, it again. Right, right, sure. Yeah. So and then we have the lionization of people who died too early. Yeah. Now the thing is five what, forty five? Yeah. Now we you know, in hip hop we talk about J Dilla. We talk yeah. about Biggie, we talk about pot. Um, and some of these, like in the case of J.D. we talk about it because some producers' influences, thank God, in a way, like, I don't like producers who I, if I know more about the producer than I know about the actual rapper or the musicians, I think we have a problem. And coming from a rock context, you only know the producer if you can actually identify that tone you're hearing, right? If you can pick out that style, like, whatever. Like, you know, like in metal, I can, there, there are times which I can listen to a thrash album, and I would know the difference between if Terry Date produced it, because, you know, ain't no metal producer about to say his name. Yeah. Right? I can they'll, hear they'll let you go on something produced by Terry Date. Yeah, I can let you tell go on that's Terry Date versus someone else producing a thing in hip-hop. Producers need to be there because they need other cats to hire them for beats and shit. Yeah. Right? Jay Dilla is important because this dude is on so much shit that you have no clue he was on. Right? He's everywhere. And this is what made Kanye important, too, before Kanye opened his mouth was because Kanye was all over everything. Yeah. You were nodding your head to this dude's shit, and there is a genius behind, I can move asses. Yes. I can put butts in the seat. That is important. That's a, yes. That's, that's a very talent. important. That's in the talent. old days, you had to be a Quincy Jones to do it on that level. Or a Terry Jam and... Jimmy, Jimmy Jam, Jam and yeah, Terry yeah, Lewis. Or Terry Lewis. Like, and those dudes had to be... You had to see them. They made sure you a saw them. Face, so. To know that they did the thing. Yeah. They well, they had to say shit, but they were getting shouted right, out. Like, right. Constantly. You know, Babyface did this shit. Like, oh, okay, you know. Or, or Janet Jackson's performing live on some award show. The entire country is watching, and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are in her band. And then when she goes to accept her award, she goes, that's Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis right there. And they put their big-ass fucking sweaty-ass leather trench coats on and grin like they just fucking cho- stole a church call. You know? Like, I get it. Yeah. That's how you had to do it back in the day. Okay. Occasionally, Quincy Jones would drop an album. Was that one joint he dropped? Hot shit. You know? 
He's done some things. I mean, he's done some things. He's done some things. And the thing is, Quincy Jones was never, well, he's talked on his stuff. Yep. And people were like, it's Quincy Jones. Like, you know who Quincy Jones is. You didn't even know who his kid is. Right. Because he, he's QD3. Well, QD3 has some stuff. Wait, we're talking about Maxwell? No, QD. The other guy. Qu- okay, Quincy right. Jones the third. The third, or not Maxwell. So it's QD3. Right, right. Okay. That's what he goes by. Okay. Um, but he was a huge. It's Maxwell. He was a stu- huge staple in. No West one's Coast watching Hip-Hop. him now. I don't know. If Maxwell comes out with another Urban Hang speed, like. No, he had He has a single out this last week. He put a single out. Did he hand it to you directly? No. Then fuck that. Shit, maybe. <laughs> it's halfway to go, though. I guess so. I guess you are aware Urban that Hanks happened. Was, because I saw the thing. Oh, I'm yeah. not really a Maxwell head at all. Right, right. So I'm like, oh, I didn't did know thing. one could be, except that you're in like a bar and that shit starts playing. And everybody fucking sings it. And then we laugh. And then we laugh. And then we laugh and laugh. But, all right, so. so right. <sighs> okay. So I was, I, I've been listening to Tribe. Okay. You know, I, I get to the shop. You know, I got like an hour before I got to open up. I'm just setting up, doing whatever, you know. I throw on some Tribe just to like get through some like, you know, Midnight Marauders. Just a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just to like, just just cool shit. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Because they were good for that. Sometimes that when I, 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 it took me back to like catching why I like some hip hop groups in which the rappers are not the same kind of dudes. It's why Little Brother was good to me. Yeah. Because Big Blue is not the same kind of rapper as Fonte. Yeah. It's why They're some of these things work. Like, I had an argument with a clockwork man, um, Metal Mark, where I, from Dayla, I love Dave. Yes. I'm a Dave fan, where he's a Paz guy. And I never thought one had to be one or the other. I just like Dave. Yeah. But he, we were talking about the difference between the two of them, and I was like, you know what? That's actually all right. Like, I like when in hip-hop groups where two cats can actually work and complement each other and not be the same kind of guy. That's why Black Star worked, because Talib and Most are not the same not kind the same of rapper. Guy. Right, they might have rapped on the same positive well, shit, but we might not think about like um, um, shit, uh, Mob Deep. Right, Mob Deep was basically the same dude. Yeah, in fact, like we're talking about the same shit. We're talking about right. You it's know, your we did verse this to say this dumb shit now. Like, oh no, it's your verse to say this dumb shit. But they had shit that you remember. Like, I know Survival of the Fittest, yes. God Part Three. Like, I know these things. Yeah, but you guys were basically the same dude. They were. You know, but you know, if we're talking about Big Boy and Dre, not Fonte, the same dude, not the same yep. dude. Yep. Big Boy and Pooh, not not, not the same dude. Not the same dude. Not um big um uh, uh um I give you one. Big Pooh and, and Fonte and Peeps. Dilate. I mean, you know, Rocka and Evidence are not, not the same. Not the guy. same dude. Not yeah, the right, same guy right, at all. Right. And that works. And you have that interplay. Like I say this thing one way. You're saying another thing another way. Maybe yeah. slower, maybe faster, whatever. You're using different words. Or, or the, you're doing the, something the, different. The metaphors you throw out there are just different. They come from different places. Right. Backgrounds even. And that's fine. Yeah. And that's and that what makes it more interesting. Like, oh, shit. Like, and then that's you why you can hip-hop. have a favorite. Like, I like Dave. Yeah. I like, you know, I like Tip. I like Fonte. I I've like, never even heard a guy. But you were good with it. You were I've good with the other I've never had a conversation dude. with cats where somebody would say, how do you like Dave? It never occurred to me that someone wouldn't like him. The hell do you not Was like I for that shit? Well, we had this conversation in the shop a couple times, but it might have somebody, come up a little bit when he guessed it on the podcast. It might have come up. Somebody had somebody had that on. It wasn't on. The, maybe it wasn't on the podcast. Maybe we were setting up for something, and dude was, I don't like. I think he said I don't like something, and we just kind of went in on. It. Like, really? That How do you might say? Have been, that might have been clockwork. Actually, man, I think I tend to go in on him every time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the thing I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, That's my, my job. That's my man. 
That's you know? Right. Sometimes it happens. Okay. Other things that I'm, I'm, I'm okay. into lately. So Megadeth has dropped a new album. I heard. I remember talking about it. I heard. Um, <laughs> right, you heard. I, remember I heard that one shit. One podcast we did where I talked about Angra and how it was in the Angra Secret Garden where Angra's lead guitar player, Kiko Luero, has joined Megadeth. And their drummer um, is uh, Chris Adler from Lamb of God. So if you're a metal dude, you get Lamb of God's drummer, who is world class, and this amazing Brazilian lead guitar player who you may have never heard of, who have made the best Megadeth album hands down since Rust in Peace. So it is the best Megadeth album since 1992, right? It's great. There's not a bad track on it. Well, there are a couple tracks that aren't great, you know, which two, two are good. Everything else is fucking great. Like, I'm, Megadeth is back. The trouble we have is Chris Adler is still in Lamb of God, right? And um, from what I've heard of Lamb of God, Sturm und Drang, which is their last album, that's also really good, right? So if you, if there are people, sometimes for bands like this who've been around for 40 fucking years, 30 years, like it, it comes down to, oh, they got a new album, I don't, yeah, okay, it'd probably be okay, you know what I mean? Sometimes you need to get off, you need to get out there and get it. If you want real metal, you want metal like, like Thrash to be back, you might have to give some guys a shot who've been doing it a long time to kind of get their feet back under them. Like there's some bands who were out there for a while who are kind of trying it. And I just ain't quite bringing it, and it takes me a little longer to get into it, you know? Okay. Maybe they're bringing it, maybe they're doing it, and I'm just not ready for where I'm at, you know? Right. This new Megadeth is really good. Dream Theater released a new album not that long ago called The Astonishing. It is a double album rock opera in which it is a story of some, like, kind of Lord of the Rings-ass world in which music is outlawed, right? And they're going to apparently reproduce this entire thing live when they do their tour. They're playing here in Chicago on April 30th at the Chicago Theater. I think I'm going. My, my problem is this. It is very rock opera-y. <laughs> there are some very light and smooth moments <laughs> in which I envision people riding through a stagecoach across a goddamn dirt road headed to tell the evil count something about some motherfucker playing a trumpet in a field when he shouldn't be because music is outlawed. And I'm not with that for Dream Theater. I want my progressive metal to be progressive and metal-y. I, I don't need to be moody. At the same time. Yes. In fact, this album is good. It's I, I might not be in the right mental space for it. Right? Last week, I went and saw Iron Maiden in concert at the United Center. One of the best damn shows I've seen in years. Iron Maiden... Dude, this is hilarious. Like, their lead guitar, their lead singer, Bruce Dickinson, flies the 747 they travel in. He's got a commercial pilot's license. The singer flies their plane, right? There's shots of this dude bringing the plane in O'Hare. Ed One. Ed Force One is what it's called. Ed Force One. Because Eddie is their the skeletal mummy thing, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it alters, it's changed every time, every album for like a different theme or whatever they're going with. So Ed Force One landed at O'Hare. Just amazing fucking images, and me and my buddy Pat and his girlfriend and another buddy of theirs, like we all went to this show at United Center, and we were off to like you know kind of like the stage left side, and it was just we had good seats. It was just a killer fucking show the entire time, and I'm worried with bands like Iron Maiden who've been around for thirty plus years. When you go on tour and you got new albums out, you want to play your new shit. Yeah. But your fans want to hear your old shit. Yeah. Right. Unless your new shit's hot fire. Hot. Sometimes your new shit ain't hot enough. Fire emojis. So, right. So, what I ended up, I was afraid I was going to get like this thing of like, oh, shit, <laughs> you guys are really proud of your last 10 years of music, Oops. which didn't exactly move the meter, right? 
but we wanted your first 20 years of music. Well, they played, they played the four awesome songs from their new album, and they got into some old shit the entire fucking night. There was only one time in the night where I was like, please don't play this song. Oh shit, it's one of three encores. Fuck. And there was me being that one dude in the audience. If a camera had found my face, I'd have been arms crossed, looking like brother up in the upper deck, looking mad unimpressed, right? But the rest of the show was great. Like, I really liked it. So I, I got this new thing, new habit I'm doing now with bands that have, like, a large body of work. Okay. I'm creating, for my own, like, iPod, my iTunes playlist and shit. Right, right. The ultimate concert playlist for this band. If this band does a show, here's the shit I'd want them to, to do. But then you are setting yourself up to get disappointed when they don't do it. Well, I also, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to buy a ticket when they come back to town. Okay. Right? So, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, it's just, in, it's to entertain myself. But you got, like, a hard drive with, like, you know, fucking, you know, 130 gig worth of fucking music or, like, you know, four terabytes of music, right? Like, just listening to music is, it can get boring after a while because you got everything, you've heard it all, right? So, at some point, what do you do to entertain yourself? To entertain myself, I create new playlists. And my new thing is, if I were at a show with your band, what would I want to hear? These are the albums. I, this, this is the this is the songs I want to hear. In this order. The order I want to hear them in. And this has really been fucking entertaining me lately. It's, it's fucking stupid. It's ridiculous. It's utterly mindless, dumb shit. As long as you know. Yes. But, but you fans, enjoy it. Try it. Try but, it. But you Out enjoy there. It. Try oh, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, you're making a play. Here are I the mean, guidelines. Here are the guidelines. You pick your, your the artist you do this with should have at least four albums. Right? At least okay. four. They should have at least four. Okay. And the order you put the songs in, right? should at least be in the order they appear on the releases. Which is to say that all the songs that are played first on the album should be within the first couple of tracks. Okay. The one should go first, the two should go next, the three should go next, the four should go next, the five should go next, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Try it this way. Create a playlist doing it this way. So all the ones are together in whatever order you want the ones in. Yeah. The twos are together in whatever order you want the twos in. The threes are together in whatever order you want the threes in. So different time periods will be covered in your imaginary concert, right? And then if it just matters that some track, if they, some album they recorded, album number six, should always be the opener, just move that shit up. Okay. They should always close with this track, move it down to the bottom, that you always close with that. Okay. And see what you come up with. Your workouts <laughs> might improve. <laughs> you might be like, shit, man, I was normally just binging. I was binging 150. I'm going to go up to 175. Fuck it. I'm feeling it right now. Uh, right. I mean, I say, I'm a comic book shop owner, so I ain't trying to bench 400 fucking pounds. I ain't there yet. You know, I ain't trying to be the best at exercise. You trying to get there, though? I mean, if I get there, I'm going to brag about that shit. I ain't saying I won't. Holy shit, I just bench pressed four humans. Right? No. Right now, my... Yeah, I'm not there. No. I, I'm, at, I... I'm at, at... In the gym, I've worked my way up to, like... Because my friend Bryant, Bryant said to me, because Bryant is a workout fiend. You know Bryant. Bryant, like, Bryant looks like he should be Superman, right? Like, people thought at a con once he was wearing a Superman t-shirt and yeah. some jeans, and people thought, oh, man, that's a great Superman cosplay, because it says Superman was wearing a t-shirt and jeans, right? Yeah. They're like, are you actually cosplaying? He was like, no, I'm not, right? No, I'm just wearing a shirt. And, and yeah. someone else was like, is that your real body? Is that your real body? Is that your real body? Someone asked Bryant once, right? But Bryant told me that when you're lifting weights, when you're, when you're working out, the object should be, if you're, if you're trying to figure out what you should be lifting or moving or whatever, you find out what, what that weight is that you can barely do. And that's the weight you should be doing. Yeah. Because if you can do eight reps of it and just do it, it's too light for you. Yeah. Right? So you Makes go sense. with what you can barely do 
Do that for a week, and then the next week, if, if you got that, increase move it up. by five, ten. Move up. Yeah. Right. You move up. Right. So I up my shit uh, about a month ago into the kind of mid-130s. Because I've never bench pressed or tried to press. I was normally go to the gym and do cardio kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And I've seen results, so I like what I'm doing. That's fine. Right. Right. And my crazy concert playlist thing has been helping. Because now I'm not so bored with my own fucking music. You know? Can't be bored with the music, though. You can't be bored with the music. Because that's supposed to make you happy. You're supposed to, you know, supposed to push you. You're supposed to be the thing you, you you call upon for reserve. Is there anything in TV or media you've been checking out lately? Um, not so much TV. Um, in the media thing, like, I've been peeping. Just long-form music stuff that... Ever since uh, Jazz Record Mark closed. Um, Which is sad shit. Sad. Sad. God bless him. Um, jazz Record Mark here in Chicago. Just tons of just a big warehouse full of just jazz shit. They're just great. Um, I was sad. I was sad as shit. The, it's, it's gotten worldwide attention because this was a place that sold like basically everything. everything. Like, this was, it had gospel, they had blues, yeah. but their thing was, if you needed, like, not even, like, if you needed some Duke Ellington, like, they had that shit, but if you needed, like, the dude who played drums for Duke Ellington, yeah. they had that. Right. Like, they had everything, they had box sets and sure. all this other shit. But long-form stuff, whenever I feel that I've, whenever music, whenever hip-hop. Because that's the place so, where I got up on Michael Brecht. Michael, I love Michael Brecker. That's where I got Rest up in Michael peace, Brecker. Michael Brecker. That's where I God got up on Michael Brecker, jazz record. Um, and peace to Randy Brecker, but you're not as good as your brother. Um, <laughs> the whenever I get bored with hip hop and R and B, I go back to jazz, and jazz just just welcome like welcome me back in, just hugs me. Oh, uh, media, the Miles Davis movie. I don't know if y'all seen this shit. Yeah, it's man. been playing like a couple. Seasons. I haven't seen it yet, but oh I see, yeah. shit, this shit is yeah. great. The shout out to Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle shouted me out on Twitter. I fuck, I, I oh, favorite cool. this shit because yeah, I put some money on this stuff. Yo, yo, Don Cheadle does a yeah, 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 the raspy right. voice on the shit. Uh, the, Why were the, people talking about it? it? Was a movie about Miles Davis wanting to be a singer or some shit? I saw that. That was the thing people were putting out there. But they're trying to say this movie's gonna suck. They heard it's some shit about it was just a Miles Davis trying to become a singer. It was some real dumb shit that people were saying. That okay, was real dumb shit. All right, you don't know what that's fucking. Okay. I don't know what the fuck that was. Let's just act like that never happened. Yeah, all right. Um, if you can, like, it, it's played in Chicago. It's coming back at the end of the month, but it'll be out in the burbs. Okay. Um, it'll be like in Skokie. And Wait, like, are you thinking it's not in theaters right now? Like, it's it not there. It is not. It's like doing it like a tour. Or, oh, I see. It's okay. like doing this art house thing. I got you. Um, where they played here in Chicago um, last week, and they played like three or four theaters for like a couple days, and they left. I got you. Um, so I'm thinking like it's like there's a vault like this vault is traveling with the copies of the movie I guess yeah, I don't know yeah. what um, but they'll be back at the end of the month in the burbs in like the west burbs in the west burbs in the north end okay. this it's totally fi- it's fictionalized as shit like sure. no way in, no way shape or form is Miles Davis busting caps in the Columbia Records office he's I will not say, doing that. I won't say so listen I got a Miles Davis story because I know someone with personal connections to crazy shit Miles Davis would do no, Miles Davis did crazy shit, uh-huh. yes. All right. okay. That's the thing. It was like, Miles Davis' whole thing 
his persona. Like I've read a couple, quite a few autobiographies of him, like by his friends and yeah. that kind of thing. Miles Davis was he had a complex where he really thought people were talking about him, making fun of him, and everything. Sure. So Miles Davis was a dick. Yeah, Miles Davis was a dick to you until you kind of like hung around or whatever. Yeah. Then he would like buy your kids like thousand dollar presents. Like sure, that's how Miles Davis was. But he had a, there were a couple, quite a few things where we're going on like shooting sprees. Yeah. We're raiding the we're raiding like the record company. We're doing this thing, and it's a fictionalized story about that Miles Davis is trying to find. He has like this master tape. This master tape that of a performance he doesn't want anyone else to hear. Okay. The record company people get a hold of it. He has to try to go get it back. Okay. Da da da. Whatever. Fictionalized because this didn't happen. But okay. it does talk. But what Don Cheadle tries to do is give you kind of insight of Who this is how this kind of was. If, like, it, if it were going to happen, this is how it go down. This is how it would go what down. This do? okay. And the fact that. He was real chill about it. Like, and there's a subtext of like this journalist from, there's this journalist from uh, Rolling Stone that follows him around, and he happens to be kind of pulled into this whole bullshit. It's a good movie. It's well shot, well done. Don Cheadle does his thing. The soundtrack is a bunch of Miles Davis originals. And um, there is a joint. Robert Glasper does the musical directional. Robert Glasper. Is a cat who's doing jazz, young youngish dude, and he does jazz in a way that I think progresses the art. Yeah, and he has a joint at the end, and I've been having this joint on repeat. Um, it's on the end of the thing, and it has Feral March, who's okay, top ten, top ten lyricist, and is full of. It was like it harkened back to, you know how an R and B joint like you have two, you know, two verses, whatever. Then you have like this musical interlude, sure. Where like the saxophone would come in, right? Wait, 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 and then he come in for the last one, whatever. This has trumpet. Now I'm a sucker for anything with trumpet on. I'm a sucker for it. Just yeah, if you yeah, got yeah, trumpet yeah. on your shit, I'm like ah, okay, here come the horns. How do you like, feel about fishbone? Fit. I'm good with fishbone. Okay, all right. I actually own some fishbone. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, do you own a reality of my surroundings? I no. I own. Make rectify that before the night's over. <laughs> You need that album. I need it. You need that album. That's you, this is your joint. This is me. This, need. They made this for you. Need you need reality. Need. Of uh, but watch this shit. Um, I shouted him out. He didn't respond. But I shouted him out on Twitter. He responded back to me. It was all. Oh, oh, yeah. Don Cheadle. Oh my god. Um, it is the movie is great. It's shot well. He does a great job. It's fictionalized for the most part. Okay. Um, but. If you are like you see Don Cheadle running, Don Cheadle's running around talking shit. Like, yeah. I okay, here's my money. Yeah, I will take Don Cheadle. And Don like, Cheadle's had me since before Boogie Nights. <laughs> so yeah, Don right. Cheadle like yeah, Don Cheadle's been the shit. Love to him, love that dude. But, Cowboy, it's coming back. It's coming back. So love that dude. But yeah, definitely if you can um, see the Miles Davis movies called Miles Ahead. Um, it's probably going to go. It's I don't. It's, they're trying to do the art house thing. I don't know if it's going to get a theatrical release. That's amazing to me. Like that. Yeah. Okay. But the thing was is that when they, it was all GoFundMe, like I put some money on. It. Shit. All right. Okay. I put money on. It. He says the only way we got this made is because I had a white dude in it. The 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 Rolling the the Rolling Stone yeah. uh, writer character somebody totally made up because he said even though this is an independent movie and I can really do this totally my way. I'm going to get more money if somehow there's a white dude in here who's yep. rolling with me most of the movie. Right. P- 
people aren't going to just watch me do things. I need to have a white dude. It's totally okay. All right. Yeah, we talked about how this is actually a real thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a so real thing. It's a real, totally real thing. <clears throat> Definitely go see it. Like it's, it was, it was great. I loved the joint. I would, I would have seen it again if it didn't play it again. Yeah. But it's not. Um, we saw it in the city. It's like it's come out to the burbs. Um, ended a month. Um, it's making like a nationwide kind of tour thing where it's like Austin and like Albuquerque yeah. and like San Francisco, and then it'll come back. Um, if you can, definitely see that. The soundtrack's on iTunes and Amazon and all the rest of the spots. The last track, now they, they'll charge you ten ninety nine for the album. Thing is, is that a lot of this album is uh, cuts from Don Cheadle saying something, okay. uh, which is like four seconds. Four seconds of him saying something, which is like, that's not worth 99 cents. Sure. Um, and stuff that Miles Davis did. Actual just Miles Davis songs that yeah. you can get somewhere else. Like, if you have my, kind my of blue. favorite song of all time is a Miles Davis compilation. Yeah. Um, if you have those, then no need to buy it. But if you can, spend 99 cents on the last joint. It's called Gone. from It's featuring Feral Munch. It's a Robert Glasper thing with Feral Munch. And it is apps. I have that Jonah repeat constantly. Okay. Do that shit. Cool. That's my meeting. So that's all I got. Cool. I have just finished season three of Black Sails. The Pirates. The Pirates. Oh my God, these fucking pirates are hilarious. These are the greatest fucking are pirates you, ever watched on television. Are these intentionally hilarious pirates? They're accidentally hilarious pirates. These pirates don't know they're hilarious. Right? They are heroic. They are villainous. They are fuck-ups. They are political figures. They are pirates. They are some dumb shits at times. Dear Lord, this show. Like, it is, it is, it is such a good fucking show. I, I, it's on Stars, which I'm going to say, if you're a Comcast customer, you can watch it on demand. The benefit is no commercials. Stars doesn't do commercials. Ding. Which it took me three seasons to realize this is another reason why I can like this so fucking much. Like, there's no... Com- I can just watch it. No commercials. This show has real pirates who existed. Charles Vance is a real pirate who's existed. Yes, yes. Uh, it has Blackbeard existed. Okay, uh, right. It has Jack Rackham existed. Yeah. Like, real pirates on the show, right? It has Anne Bonny, right? Like, it has yeah. pirates, right? Who are real people. It also has a made-up pirate who's uh, Captain Flint. is, I think, a fictional one. He's made up. Okay. He's made up on the show. Okay. There are times... And which this show has is become both political, social justice e, caper e, bloody fucking all out battle e, right? Your 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 uh, your Deadwood whorehouse bullshit, like all of it in this pirate show, right? I love this damn thing. Like I was so happy when the season came back, and like I thought we were gonna get back to like what was sort of the big secret of why it is that like Captain Flint's kind of a problem or why he really hates England. I thought we can get right back to that in season three. And we didn't, which is kind of great because the reason why he hates England and why he's a pirate could be the kind of thing that any other TV show has spent seven seasons dealing with. They revealed that shit in season two. He's just kind of, he gets over it because he's been robbed. Gold he worked hard to steal has been stolen from him. He just, he wants, he's dealing with that shit in season three. And that thing that he was all about in season two, we ain't even talking about it no more. Because that was all in flashback. Once you realize what that thing is, you expect, that's a secret that might get out. Nah. It's a secret no one gives a fuck about. The producers don't care. Captain Flint doesn't care. He stole some gold from Spain, and he ain't got that gold right now. Fuck that. 
someone may have to die, right? Like, that's where we're at. This, all good. I love this show. Love it. So, yeah. That, I mean, I ain't got a lot of time to watch a lot of TV because I bought Skyrim back in January. And I've been playing the fuck out of that. Skyrim has probably reduced my therapy bills, you know? I bought a Shout thousand. out to Skyrim and Jameson. Skypoint. You know? Like, <laughs> but I bought, I'm going to tell you. Right. I bought Assassin's Creed Black Flag just for the pirate shit. And I've been just upgrading my ship and blowing motherfuckers up. And I'm just, I'm just running shit. And like, England is running from me. Spain yeah. is running from me. And that feels real good. There you go. That feels real good. They're like, oh, shit. Like, I got motherfuckers who will blast me on sight. Can we talk for a minute? There was a thing that happened that came across my face. Okay. Uh, last week. Mm-hmm. That I did not see coming. Because I thought that BuzzFeed's really smarter than this. Good. <laughs> but apparently Christ. BuzzFeed is not smarter than no. this. No. No, not at all. And this is something... Now, now we might have waited until this long to get into this bit here. You might edit a little bit. But okay. we don't... Let, let's, let's, no, let's, let's, let's hit this thing. Let's go do this thing. BuzzFeed apparently just ran some shit, which was, why don't black people blank? 27 questions black people want to ask black people. Yes. Which is problematic as fuck from jump. From the beginning. From the very beginning. From jump. But we gonna, yeah. Now there were some questions here. I was like, you know what? I've asked a few black people that question. Right? But there are some other things that are like, wait, you don't know the complications behind that fucking question? You're not smart enough for that. Hey, BuzzFeed, you could have Googled that shit. When someone says, so, so the 27 questions were all kinds of shit from like, why don't black people support black businesses to why don't black people speak proper English or why don't black people do this, that, and the other thing. And the video had black people doing this. Right. Why do black people have a problem with darker skinned black people? These kind of shits, right? Like, hold on. Wait. There's a lot of things that we ain't necessarily with. And let me say, I'm not with cops just fucking shooting kids in the street because, you know, they got to chase that one and shoot him versus grab that one by his collar and take his ass to jail and have his mom pick him up. Like, there's a lot of issues that we are dealing with in today's society because of brothers, the, the, the wage gap, the fucking housing gap, redlining, and systemic fucking racism. Systemic racism, if you, that could have been the answer to all these questions. Could have been. Why do black people? Why do black people dance instead of doing politics? Systemic racism. Why don't black people have kind of systemic racism? These motherfuckers made a video, and you spent years apparently now making videos about funny things they used to say to each other in the grocery store. Funny fucking things. I was fine with Buzzfeed. You just said why? Why? And you had black people telling you this. Why do? Some light-skinned people treat dark-skinned blacks like shit. Like, hold on. Spike Lee's made movies about that. Watch School Days, bitch. What? Because we've done that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you. What was one of the questions that really fucking got me was why don't black people support black businesses? And I was suddenly in my head. I, I mean, I, I heard did that you, question. Did you kind of spasm? And... I, I, I'd said, I was in a car with someone recently, and I, I started talking about how the black dollar circulates in the community, right? And I was making damn sure that I wasn't saying 
Well, the black businesses don't work because, you know, a black dollar circulate uh, a, a Korean dollar circulates 27 times in a fucking Asian community. Right. But in the black dollar, it circulates for 30 fucking minutes. Yeah, I, that, I wasn't saying that. But listen, man, there's reasons why, I mean, in the black community, it's not that the black community is full of black-owned fucking businesses to begin with, right? One. That, that, that's and why is that? Oh, black people don't get loans for businesses. Right. Oh. oh. And, and, and if we as a people become super fucking focused on labels, you tend to end up having to go where that label is to get the label you think you need. Yeah. Right? Socially. I can't be on my block without my fresh Jordans. Well, shit, we're sitting here very close to like, you know, 42nd Street, and there's not a Jordan store at the corner. Not me. Like, when you're in a conservative culture, and this is why this whole fucking thing was bullshit. When you're a part of a conservative culture, like where the bulk of the culture is conservative, you don't have a lot of dudes who are talking about making some consumerist bullshit because it's not a thing that's useful, right? Even in Hispanic communities and, and, and Asian communities, it's not like motherfuckers are sitting out there just fucking selling Jordans on corners, you know? Fuck you. With why don't they do this thing versus that other thing? thing? I also had a problem. Kiss my ass. I also had a problem with this this pathology that this black is black pathology. Like, why do you people do this thing? It's not with the subtext. Everyone else does One that of shit those too. Questions was why do black people kill black people? And I was like, wait, crime is intraracial. You kill the motherfuckers you're with. Yes, <laughs> you're standing there next to these people. They have made you angry. And you got a fist. What Hispanic dude mad at some... What Puerto Rican dude mad at another Puerto Rican dude has ever said, you know I'm so pissed off at you, motherfucker? I'm going to find me a Hindu guy and punch him in the face. Punch him in the face. That has not happened. That happened. I got to get in my Fuck car and you. go... I got to go find him. Fuck you. You're right here. Hold that. Oh, my God. I was like, what the hell? The fact they got black people to do it is one thing. But someone said this is what's called the black snowflake principle. Okay. Where questions black people want to ask black people. Somehow these black people think they're different. Yeah. And they think they're different sure. because they're a special snowflake. This is yes. if you spent 30 minutes around just a random group of black people, right. you'll find out there's something that like like why don't black people like anime? Some people black people love anime. Right. There was a thing. Stop like, the fucking why, death. Why why am I weird because I like anime? And I was like, you're, You're not, not weird because you like anime. I know a lot of hardcore brothers who want to sit around listening to fucking like like hardcore fucking hip hop all the fucking time. But then, so you put on some anime, they're like, "Oh shit, what's happening right there?" And they in it. I man, I've I've shown some cats Akira, and they'd be like, "What is this shit?" Like, it's Akira, dog. Like, How can I get more? <laughs> can I get more? What do I do after this? Fuck you, nerd. Right. Get over yourself. But it's that special snowflake <laughs> thing of no one else is like me. Yeah. And somehow. They've internalized this kind of this popular thing of black people do this, this and that was a thing. Black they internalize this bullshit of black people do this, this, this. I don't do that, so I must not be true black. And right. then it comes. Or from they're a, told they're not true black because I've been in instances where I was not true black to other people. Yeah. Right. People have said that about me. Yeah. And I think the special snowflake like thing isn't really a problem. It is something created that we created. It's something created. It's, it's something created, created and something exacerbated. By the fact that it's it's a, it's a white gate. It's a I, mean, I need to do something on that this they very see podcast, me as normal. On this very podcast, I will discuss Megadeth and Dream Theater, comic books. Right. You know, like there, I go to a Dream Theater show. There ain't a whole lot of brothers. 
There wasn't a fuck ton of brothers at Iron Maiden show I went to, but it doesn't make me less black. Right. Right? If someone were to say, man, what's up with brothers in the metal? I will go explaining to you the history of rock and roll music and how that's our fucking music. Yeah. You know? Get off <laughs> your fucking high horse and come and reclaim your shit. Just because that guitar got tuned out. If Robert Jordan were alive today, you know, Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson, because Robert Jordan is alive. He does the fucking news. If, if Robert Johnson were alive today, I think he might be like, that Steve Harris bass line's kind of dope. You know? Like, there's I a whole lot of white dudes at the crossroads with that man. Like, yeah, it just is a thing, you know? Like, thing. I'm, yes. not, I'm not work concerned. I, there, I, my whole life, I've had people say, black people don't do this. You're weird. No, the black people you know don't do this, but the black people I know do. Or the black people that, because you don't know any. Right. You know the ones on TV. Right. And the ones on TV are, are sanitized for your enjoyment, because had we just go ahead and, like, it's like the, the, the thing about how to go to a black cookout. Shut the fuck up. There's going to be somebody playing spades. Somebody got some liquor in the car. How that, to go to a black cookout? Did, it cracked me up a little bit. Because there's some hilarious. things. Look, look, look. That shit right. was hilarious. White folks, this summer, some of you will be invited to a black cookout. Maybe. That's how you know you're down, though. Maybe. You, if you get invited to a black cookout, you are considered a cool white person. Yes. I only have one rule that you are not. Okay. I have many rules you are not <laughs> to do. But I have one rule. You can go to the black cookout and say the wrong thing to somebody's host mom, right? That would just be a different kind, a different discussion. You may have to learn to think. I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to get out of pocket with nobody's mom. Nobody. Right? I don't want you to say, oh, those are all her kids. Why do they all look different? Look, don't say that, but you might end up saying that shit. Don't say it, but you might. But the one thing at a black cookout you must not fucking do, resist the temptation. When they invite your ass to sit down and play Big with the Spades, say no. No. Just say no. Mm-mm. Just say no. All right? Because you are not ready for that test. That's a test. All right? When they invite you to sit down at the table, they are pointing out that you are not like them, and they just want to know to what level you are not. And they're going to laugh. But more than they're going to laugh, you're going to cost someone when you sit down and play bid whist, you're going to cost someone actual social cred once you leave the party. Do not play. It's a trap. Don't do it. Don't do it. It would be better if you go somewhere in that party and, 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 and key someone's car, puncture someone's tire, put Skittles in the gas tank. Do not sit down at a table and play cards at a black cookout. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. So this video, the thing about... so. We're talking about the black snow, special snowflake, and how basically you it's also a, can't eat anybody's potato salad. Not no, just, you can't don't do, do that. that. You, oh, you God, just no. can't be eating anybody's oh, potato shit, salad. No, no, right, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> we keeping it real on the podcast. If there's potato salad, just leave that shit alone. Leave it alone. Because all the black people there, they ain't really eating the potato salad either. Like people related to the host, they go eat the potato salad. Anybody not related to the host ain't gonna eat the potato salad. So don't you ain't gotta eat the potato salad. Don't do it. Because you can't yeah. be eating anybody. Have some else. Have some else. Have right. some ribs. Have some, right. you know, there's some beans. Double help. Have, have some of those. Like, and, right. and, and then say, these are good. Right, right. And, and meet it and be good. If you're a vegetarian, eat the mac and cheese and the greens. Don't. No, the greens got meat in them. Oh, yeah. Okay. You may have to get over that. Because <laughs> the greens is going to be good like muffin. <laughs> but don't bring hummus. Don't bring hummus. Because everybody's like, who brought the hummus? And everybody's going to look at the you automatically. Gratitude. Automatically. 
I'm glad that you. I was about to say your name, white person. I'm talking to right now. The problem is I'm sitting in the host in the house of the person who has the same name. I was about to say like off the cuff, and I was like, shit. Because <laughs> she's the only person, literally in my entire life, this is the only black person with that name I've ever met. Where like I never. Okay. Oh, that, no. that was my go-to fake white girl name. Oh damn! For so long, and now I gotta have a now I gotta go back to Millicent, K- Caitlin, Heidi. Heidi, <laughs> that works too. Heidi works. Too. Heidi works. That is true. I don't know any black Heidi's. I don't <laughs> yet. <laughs> so, so the problem. We, I mean, I had a ton of problems with this, but the thing is, is Buffy wasted a a ton of of of, cre- of cred. Of they by just doing it's like this, you can just title it 27 questions white people had they, they were asked, afraid to ask, but yep. we got black That's it. people, we got black people to ask them for us. We got people to ask them for us. That's it. Because this is bullshit. Wear a booty. This was bullshit. Yep. This is absolute bullshit, and you did it like those right? black people should have known better. But the thing is, they got paid. They got paid. The thing is, BuzzFeed apparently is really strong at writing, at the writing and everything. The black people who work there at BuzzFeed say, we had nothing to do with this. Yeah. Nobody came to us and said, "Hey, can you look at this and tell if this is cool?" Yeah. Or tell if it was funny. Or tell if this was suddenly Buzzfeed needed a black friend that didn't have one in the building. Thing is, there are black people who work for Buzzfeed, but, but they, they work weren't in different Buzzfeed's places. black friend. Yeah, they weren't. They work in different places. Yeah. In different places in Buzzfeed, and they went, "Oh." So people kept hitting them up, like, "What did you have to do with this shit?" Says, "I had no idea this was going on." Yeah. I didn't know this happened. Nobody showed me this. I learned about this when you did. And then, after, then, then we got the, we, we hit with both barrels, and we're like, "This is bullshit." This is the core of this bullshit. is this is actually this is very important because this is the definition of privilege. There it is. It's a perfect example because what this was when you think you can go to brothers and be like, "Yo, I pay you to ask this question on camera," right? Without actually understanding the implication of what you're saying, right? You believe that it's okay. Yeah. These things you've always wanted to ask these questions, but if you ask them, you're racist. But if the black guy asks it for you, for you, right, then it's not actually racist, right? And now it's we got now we looking at the black dudes who asked the question in the video, like what's the fuck wrong with you people, right? What are y'all doing? Because they're special snowflakes. I don't know if they believe because there's one chick in there. They kept asking. She had two questions about hair. And it says, you girl need to go check whoever told you to ask that because it's obvious they don't see you as a person. Yeah, they see you as hair. Because she asked him like, why, why is it a, why is it political to wear your hair natural? Because you go to work and they tell you your hair isn't professional. <laughs> or she's twelve. Like, <laughs> you have natural hair. What are you talking about? What do you want me to do here? Like, oh, I, you know, can it be more professional? What does professional mean? Then you yeah. kind of press on it, and they're like, straight. Yes. No, I don't want to wear my hair straight. I ain't trying to put my hair my perms in my. I don't want to burn my hair. Why should I have to go do this thing? What what norm do you need me to conform to? What how does my hair threaten you? How's my hair threaten? How does my hair prevent me from doing this job that is my right. job? You know, if I got my stuff all wrapped up, all nice and everything like that, is yes. combed out, is yes. you know, coit is per, you know, it's but they can't tell that. Like when when they quote unquote say something about your hair not being professional, they can't tell the difference between your hair being unkempt, like you just rolled out of bed, right. and you having done your hair. Done your hair. They up. don't know. They just believe that because that hair isn't straight, it is not the norm in the office that you are making a statement. 
No, you just have hair. You have hair. You, and your my hair humanity, therefore, brings a question. Right. Right? What in the hell's the deal with that? You know? That's what they're saying. But then humanity isn't going to question some people anyway. Yes. How do you do this? Why do you guys That's do this thing? Because I'm human. I'm human. I get mad. Yes. I get pissed off. I want to go do this thing. I don't want to do this thing. I want to do this thing. And some of the stuff I want to do may not be what you want to do. Yeah, or what you've done. Or what your kids right. did. What you did when you were a kid. At my barbecue, I do these things. Yeah. And we drink these things. We talk this thing. We do this thing. Yeah. Why do you guys talk about your, your mothers? That's what we do. You mean like, your mama's so big? Like yo, the yo mama's so big? Yeah. <laughs> why do you people like if you start off why do you people and the, uh, there, was, there was somebody wrote a rebuttal and said you know what we recognize you recognize black people aren't a monolith but we are yeah. united by a culture right we have a culture and there's some things that aren't part of the overall culture but we're still part of it we're still right. we still have this this lineage we still have ancestry and anytime you anytime you walk into a room and people go that dude's weird and they go yeah but that's that dude then you know that's a part of the culture, and that's okay too. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Because I know at this point, I know a whole lot of brothers with kids who are bringing them up. And those kids are watching anime and they're reading comics and they're doing all this nerd shit. They're they're talking about well, maybe my kid, maybe I want to get my kid into D and D. They're saying these things to me now, and I'm like, this is awesome. Because when I was a kid, I was a fucking trailblazer, right? I was out there fucking. I was Lewis and goddamn Clark, like fighting goddamn Minotaur bison. Where going the, across a field of social bullshit. Where's the Sacagawea? You know what I mean? I, I, I had to be those fucking guys, right? Now, since I didn't turn out to be an axe murderer, possibly. Like, if I were an axe murderer, maybe half the shit that I like wouldn't be so cool to some people. But now, it's like, you did okay. We thought it was weird. Yeah. But then they will say to me, you know what? When I was a kid, man, half the shit we did was weird. The, my style of dress when I was a teenager right. was fucking bizarre to my mom. Right, but my mom at the same time is criticizing the things that I wore because she didn't understand it. Would say, at, I remember this one period in which I, I become a house kid. I was a house head for like yeah a good six months. That's what happens in Chicago. Right, right. Well, because I mean that's what's here. Well, where I lived, that's there were girls, and I would I would try what I could to be able to sit on a bus and talk to a girl that I didn't know for 10, 15 minutes and have no one laugh at me. What do I have to do to be able to talk to this fucking girl I want to talk to? I've been checking her out for a minute, and I can't not talk to these girls. I need to be able to talk to someone of the opposite sex during my high school career at some point. So house music seemed to be an end. All right, I didn't even like house music, but like, man, those girls are dancing in that party right there. I'm going to Will Smith the fuck out of this. I was straight up... Really, I'm reminded of the, that clip from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Will and... and, 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 and Carlton? Carlton. Yes. Uh, they had Bell Bib devote the house like to film the video and shit because yeah, the parents right. were out of town. Right, right, right. And like Will was all dancing all up in the video and shit, right? I remember that being me sometimes. Like, oh shit. The hun- there's girls here. They weren't the honeys because the cool girls... The cool dudes could call girls honeys. I was never a cool dude. But... I needed to take my <laughs> shot, right? So I was that fucking guy. Like I'm gonna be, an, I'm gonna make an ass of myself, probably. But Go I ahead. don't know how to not. I, I'm not cool. I have no clue how to do this, right? I made a lot of fucking mistakes. So my dad was a clothes horse, and he would just have all these fucking dope ass clothes in his closet. He had shit in his closet he had no business having, and I would see that and go, I've never seen anyone wear a 
purple pirate shirt with baggy fucking World War One fighter pilot pants to school. These fit me. I'm going to be a pirate fighter ace today. And I'd wear that shit, and I'd be like purple and brown and shit. I'm like, I'd put my fucking combat boots on, I'd walk up to the fucking school like, yeah! Woo! Right? And have motherfuckers looking at me like, what in the shit, Negro? And I'd be like, sup? <laughs> oh, the pirate thing ain't in right now? <laughs> World War I fighter ace, y'all not doing the, the right. shit. I got the job for son. What's up? Yeah, these wow. mine. And I have one or two, one, two nerd dudes be like, yo, man, can I, can I borrow them pants? Yeah, yeah, man, I got you. Just come on by the Bugle Boys. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they got straps and shit. I have buckles all over my fucking pants. I'm like a goddamn idiot, right? But I was like, that girl noticed it. Yeah, I'm going to holler at her at lunch. <laughs> so I like slide all up like a fucking buccaneer. <laughs> Look at a steampunk buccaneer cruising up. Like, right, just after eating a burger. Like, hey, how y'all do? What's going on? Hey, I, you're in my biology class. Yeah. What's going on? So, uh, yeah. You read the new Thor? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> so, I, I got into house music for a little bit, right? Okay, like, okay. Because the girl, they were listening to house music. I tried that shit. Right. I tried. I straight, I, I discovered Colonel Abrams. <laughs> During this period of my life. Mistakes got made. We are not a fucking monolith. We are no, no, no. all fucking different. But the fact that there is the <laughs> monolith, by not saying we're a monolith, confuses the hell out of people because yep. they've been told we do the black people do these things. Yep. But like, but we're you. We're human beings. Do you like anime? Do you like country and western? Do you like camping? Guess what? We're human. We can like that shit too. We're not all downtrodden, like on yep. some like flies sitting at the corner of our eyes, eating her, eating the 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 crust out the shit. Right, right. We're not all that. So the fact that we're hitting your your ceiling of what we're supposed to do, sure. even though we've told you we're not a monolith, we do different things. If we're going through this political shit, like this, we're doing this whole intro, you know, you know, all lives matter. We're doing this bullshit that takes away from what we're trying to do. Like, I just don't want to get killed by the For the state. record, I don't mind that all lives matter. I have a problem that the black lives don't to some people, right? If all lives matter, we don't have to have this discussion. We since, don't have this conversation. Since we have to have this conversation, sometimes all lives don't actually apparently matter, right? Some lives matter more than other lives, and that's the part that's not right. If all lives matter, then those of you who believe all lives matter, you'd be the ones shouting the loudest to make damn sure the black lives did. Thank you. But somehow the black lives don't. Right. And we have a problem. We got kids running from cops, climbing over fences, getting shot while hung up on fences. Even if that kid had a gun, right? He didn't, he couldn't, from what eyewitnesses say, could not have aimed a gun at cops. He was trying to get himself off a fence when he was shot. Right. So we don't, we, that, you, you cannot be executing kids in the street. Do I want kids running around the street with guns? No, I don't. No. No. I kids, don't want... if you got guns, don't be aiming them at cops. They will shoot you. They will shoot the fuck out of you. And you might know by now, they might shoot you when you're not aiming a gun at them. Yeah. Stay but, your ass in the house and play Xbox. Or if you happen to have a crack habit, happen to have a weed habit, you know that, you know, Jimmy down the way, who has a heroin habit, 
may get help. Oh, because the war on drugs was so, so terrible, but we need rehabilitation and we need medical help for our people who are stuck on heroin. I happen to remember when Heron. Heron. That man just said Heron. When Heron was bad, but that was something those people did. But Word. now, yep. oh, Heron is in suburban America now. We got, a lot of rock stars keep dying from it. We got towns yeah. in New York that are like overrun with the shit. Now we need, we talk rehabilitation. We need help. Yeah, right. We need help. Yeah. Oh, now you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotta do something. Okay. Now it's a, it's a social problem. Now it's a social problem. It's a social what, health what problem. What can we do for them? What can we right. do for you? Right. You know, maybe you can go get high and be in this safe environment. Right. Maybe we'll clean your needle so right. you make sure you don't get yourself AIDS. Right. Oh, now? Really? Right. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Right. Weird. I, we have talked for a good two and a half hours at this point. I'm on the back. Nope. No, how long is it? Not, not even two hours. Wow. Word. Holy shit. What else we got? What, what else you got? Um, I got one other thing here. All right. Um, but like it, it, you know, it's the DC Comics rebirth thing coming up in June. Okay, I was gonna hit on on this whitewashing shit. Do it on this. Let's iron. do that because that's something everybody else is already up. All right, this is Iron Fist and yeah, yeah, and because there's uh, opinions about that. Ghost in the Shell. The thing is, is that my thing, I understand. Like with Don Cheadle's thing was like, I need a white guy in here to make money. Yes. Um, but also there's the the thing. In popular culture now, was is you know what you Japanese come up with this hot shit, and you black people had this hot shit. But you know what, we don't really like you. So what we really want to do, we want to have that and have fun with it and enjoy it. But we don't really want you around. We don't want you playing the characters. We don't want you whatever, whatever. So and there's also it's, it's the throwing. There's, there's going to be a show. A late night show called Throwing Shade, which, if I remember correctly, is a is a term that's popularized by uh, the black gay and lesbian uh, community. Um, throwing shade, the, the drag community is like throwing shade is a thing, and it's a thing we've been doing for years. But now people understand what throwing shade is. It's like where you you know getting a little dig, getting a little like. Mm-hmm. You get in one of those kind of kind of quips, and people are like, oh, you know, ooh, she was throwing shade, you know, you know, she told it about herself without being really. She gave a look. She presented a look, which was to say, "Girl, you full of shit." You full of shit. Right. But I did but I in know. such a way where you had to think about it, like, oh, right. wait a minute, did right. someone? Anybody watching would know, but you ain't paying attention. You ain't paying attention. So there's actually gonna be a show, and it's hosted by two white people. Throwing Damn. shade. Yes. It's gonna be on. I did not see where you were going with that. There's I a, thought you were going some entirely different place with that. There's, there's a, a show now called Throwing Shade. Throwing Shade is gonna be a late night show. It's hosted by two white people because we can't have that is like we can't have like, a black okay. we can't have a black gay or lesbian or a trans hilarious. person doing this shit, even though they made this shit up. And the best shade I've ever seen thrown is from a black gay lesbian or trans person. Like. That shit make you like, ooh, like you regret you were born. Like, oh, oh, you need to shut up and put some tape over your mouth and be excused from the area code. But no, that's we're gonna have that. Yes, amazing. That's some whitewashing shit. That's I was gonna talk about this yeah, iron yeah, fist. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm talking. Right, and, start and, there. and that same vein, I was talking about this iron mm-hmm. fist and and uh, ghost in the shell shit, where 
You have a culture that made some shit, and the shit's hot. Because yeah. Ghost in the Shell loved Ghost in the Shell. Loved um, Iron Fist. You know, you had Iron Fist, Luke Cage. Good kind of team-up kind of thing. Okay, cool. You have some history with that. Like, well, you know, it's a white guy. It's an Asian guy. Okay, cool. And also, as a, as a precursor, all Asians aren't the same. So we're going to get on that. Asians are not a monolith. Asians are not a monolith. Because you got a bunch of things. So you kind of, I want an Asian actor. Well, there's a lot of Asian actors. There's some Chinese. There's some Wait, which Asian actor do you want? That's a question. But that's something else entirely. Just, but I was just going to throw that out there because that seems to be lost a lot where people go, I want an Asian actor. But it's like, but there's a lot of Asian nationalities that they're different. So you just can't, like, Lucy Liu can't play everybody. Okay? Let's be over, let's be through with that. So the, the, the promo shit came out for Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell, great anime, on the level, I think, of when I was growing up, was like, you watch that and Akira, and you were like, oh, shit. And that's how, that was the gateway drug for a lot of people when I was growing up into anime, were those two things, Akira, Ghost in the Shell. And so it was like, oh, Scarlett Johansson is going to play Major Cadillac. You're like, wait a minute. Major was Japanese like fuck. Um, how does this work? And then the, the stills came out. You were like, y'all can't get... Really? Y'all couldn't find one? And then the shit came out about how Iron Fist is being played by a white dude. And uh, Danny Rand is being played by a white dude. And you're like, okay. And at some point, it becomes a it becomes a circle. It becomes a, a self-fulfilling prophecy where your excuse, Hollywood's excuse, is that we need a white lead. We need a white actor or actress in order to gain popularity in order for people to see this thing, this thing that you happen to like. Like I said, there's some people who love Iron Fist. There's people who love Ghost in the Shell. People who love Akira. Those, sm- those are small populations. But the small population, but they're dedicated populations. Right. But that po- okay, so right, here's, here's my thing. All right. We're going to state whitewashing is some bullshit. Okay. But every case but now, think, okay. where you, where every case where you think is a case of whitewashing is not a case of whitewashing. Okay. Right. The case of uh, Ghost in the Shell, like whitewashing. Because the option you have is to make a thing inspired by. Yeah. That's set in America that involves Americans, not the Japanese. Right. So therefore, you aren't making Ghost in the Shell. Right, you're making an you inspired are by making a, an inspired by thing, which you don't call Ghost in the Fucking Shell. In the United that. States, we make all kinds of sci-fi shit all the fucking time, right? Okay. We're only calling it Ghost in the Shell because we believe there's value in that brand. We only want to call it Akira because there's value in that brand. We only want to call it Iron Fist because we think there's value in that brand. When you are making a thing inspired by something from anime. You are simply saying, oh shit, that anime is hot, right? Hollywood has a hard time doing two things. It has a hard time getting money out of Americans to watch non-Americans or non-white people do a thing. It has a hard time squeezing that, getting that money out of your pocket. It's a tough time, right? By the time it was that Americans decided they gave a fuck about any of this shit, that small minority of people making all the fucking noise can't make a movie successful with all the people who don't actually give a fuck. Now that we... we Whitewashing's been happening forever. Forever, yeah. Forever. But the people complaining about Ghost in the Shell are not the people going around trying to get like uh, like old westerns ripped off of shelves because all the Native Americans are played by white ah. guys. You see? 
They're not doing that. They're not the people going around making sure that all other instances of whitewashing are no longer able to be capitalized upon. They just don't want the new thing. We don't want the new thing we actually do give a fuck about to be an example of the whitewashing, right? I don't want to see Keanu Reeves leading in a cure. That don't make no fucking sense. I don't to want him as Tonto. That was bullshit too. That was Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. But but yes, they look the same. Right. I know what you mean. But yes, that thing was there. No Native American actor that you could introduce. Yeah. But but Johnny Depp was your Johnny Depp was your money making draw. Maybe someone should have said, "Let's make a different kind of." Why isn't the Lone Ranger the money making draw? Right. Why don't you get take Johnny Depp's money, put that into an actor better than Army Hammer here, right? And, and and we sell the movie that way. No one, they don't think about that shit. Johnny Depp needs a paycheck. We need a paycheck. Let's make Johnny Depp Tonto. Oh my God, that'd be hilarious, right? <laughs> Maybe it will be. It just ain't right. It ain't right, right. It just ain't right, you know? I think there is a difference between the Danny Rand casting an Iron Fist. It is. And mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell situation. It's different, yes. If you want to make Akira and Ghost in the Shell, if you want to make American versions of anime stories, make them. Just don't call them Ghost in the Shell and Akira. Because if you do, the people coming, the bulk of those people have never seen Ghost in the Shell and Akira. They don't fucking know. They don't care. Right? Why don't we call Akira Manhattan Blows the Fuck Up? Right? Yeah, there's a big teddy bear. Yeah, sure. Snakes on a fucking plane. Right? Do the shit and just say, inspired by Akira. If you really love that shit, go watch that Japanese shit. It was great. It was great. If you're going to make, if you remake Space Cruiser your model right now, Right, I can guarantee you the the commander is going to be played by Edward James Olmos, right? And like Derek Wildstar is going to be played by Tom Cruise, or or if it's not Tom Cruise, it will worse be Channing Tatum, right? That's going to happen, right? Because America has to sell movies to Americans, and sometimes they're going to pick some white fucking dude to do it, right? My question is this, Hollywood. If you don't think that Americans want to watch a movie with a Japanese actor for Japanese-inspired things, are the only guys you think to do it, white guys? As long as we're breaking fucking cultural boundaries and doing weird-ass shit just for the sake of your pocketbook, can you not find some brother's number? Right. You know? Is there no one else we can find? Scarlett Johansson is the only person you can find to be the lead character in Ghost in the Shell? What I'm getting about whitewashing is specifically the white part. As long as we're fucking up, you have everyone who isn't Japanese to be in this movie, right? My Danny Rand Iron Fist situation is different because it yeah. is something okay. that is a classic part of pulp and, and, and sort of like the, the pulp history of a thing that white people have a lot to learn, right? Somewhere along the way, there's always some dude doing a comic book or some serialized story in which we're going for some adventure shit, and white people are such fuck-ups that the only way they can learn about themselves and come about their, figure out how not to be such fuck-ups is that some old ancient Tibetan man teaches them some shit. So first, you gotta get lost in, in fucking Himalayas. Yeah. Second, you gotta learn Kung Fu. That's what happens. That is the core of that story, more or less, is that uh, Danny Rand's family was rich, they owned a company, there was a trip, plane crashed, everybody dies, Danny Rant's found, he's raised by secret society monks, becomes, eventually ends up with the power of the Iron Fist. Yeah. Right? This is a story in pulp form that's at least 100 years old, possibly more. Right? 
could it be done with an Asian actor? I think the only reason we want to be an Asian actor is because it's Kung Fu. Right? When the, the closest thing that I think that would have made a valid argument for how to do it differently was when they were casting a new doctor and it went to, to the old cranky motherfucker, right? And people <laughs> said, why can't it be a black dude? Why can't it be a woman? Right. They were wrong, but they were right at the same time. Right? The only reason it's a white dude has always been a white dude. Right? But why couldn't it be someone else? All you really said was, every time this dude dies, he comes back as a different person, yeah. but with the memories of the old person. Right? So by that logic, technically, anyone can be Anybody a can role, be a doctor. Right. right? But the trouble is, Hollywood, you've made it so we're stretching the bounds of believability if it's not a white guy. Strange as that may seem. How many brothers run corporations that could be in a building the size of Trump fucking towers that could go crashing a plane into the Himalayas where the brother's son could be raised by fucking Tibetan monks and learn magic kung fu. No one would believe that, but we only believe it when it's white guys. Well, it's white guys. That's my problem, right? You have made it so the very fantasy narrative is a thing that only, only one white, part of the culture only can actually can do. participate in. And then everybody goes, oh, okay, I can see that. But it's a stretch if, oh. You make a movie with dope-ass black cowboys going around kicking motherfuckers in the teeth and shooting fucking the, the wings off flies, people go, black cowboy. You make a movie with a white cowboy doing fucking legit battle like on top of a giant fucking like, like clock and shit with his kung fu partner, people go, oh man, that was hilarious. Did you see that shit? Jackie Chan was great in his role. Because <laughs> there's only one. Right! You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't that's where the break is for me. Whitewashing is wrong, but it's selective whitewashing that I have a problem with. There's ways to get around whitewashing, but we as a culture as nerds, we really, we're like, oh shit, you just took their thing and put a white dude in that position. What well, was the easy way to solve that shit? My bigger issue is the only guy that gets picked happens to be a white dude. Like, it's a fucking, it's a guy doing, who learns magic fucking kung fu. Right. Right? That could be anybody, really. It could be anybody, but we can't even believe it could be a Puerto Rican dude. Because we can't believe that the Puerto Rican dude's dad ran fucking, like, you know, Time Magazine or some shit. Because he's Puerto Rican. Nah, he gotta be, like, from a bodega owner or a cab driver or some shit. Right? I don't know what Miles Morales' dad does off the top of my head, right? But we can believe Miles Morales could be Spider-Man. But we can't believe that Miles Morales could be Tony Stark. We made a black Spider-Man because Spider-Man is a kid who can never be happy, right? He's just a regular old American fucking teenager. No one said, why can't we have a black Iron Man that's Tony Stark? Not Rhodey, the fucking, like, sidekick sidekick brother who, like, like, helps him out and shit. We go looking for the dude to reflect us, but we never put ourselves in a Bruce Wayne position, Right? We don't put ourselves in a Tony Stark position. We put ourselves in the homie position every fucking time, right? So we don't want, like, a white guy to be Danny Rick. Come on, man. You can cast an Asian because he does magic kung fu. But you didn't say, how come you didn't cast an Asian to be Daredevil? Because you accepted that in this TV show thing, Daredevil could already be white because Daredevil is just white in the comics. Magic kung fu isn't real. Neither is being blind and leaving off a building being a ninja. They're not real. But there's a selective suspension of disbelief where you say, this can happen in real life, but you know what? In this world, in this world that that I'm reading, I can watch, that's what the fuck happens. Right. Meh. The one thing that is true about Iron Fist 
is that media has told us it is entirely believable that an Asian man can be uber fucking rich, fly a plane somewhere, and leave all of his money to his son, who's an asshole. So there is no reason why Danny Rand needs to be white. Danny Rand specifically can be Asian because for stereotype purposes, Asians have money. And Danny Rand is only in this position because his father had the money, right? He doesn't have to be a white man. Right, right. Right? Not at all. No reason. You you did that and, shit. And the fact that having an asshole father seems to go across culture. Yep. In fact, and I'm not even, I just watched Daredevil. I finished season two, and I, you can't tell me Elektra's actually fucking Greek. You know what I mean? Have you, did you watch that show? I have not. Okay. You see this Elektra chick, I, I just don't see a Greek person in that. I see a hot woman, but I don't see a Greek woman. I know Greek women. Wait, what? I know Greek women. Electra's Greek. Right. right? The, the actress who plays Electra did not feel Greek to me. She felt Hollywood hot to me. She was cast because but she was then, a Hollywood hot chick. But then the there. question becomes, what, then without getting into stereotype, how do you say this person, how do you know this person is Greek? Feels Greek is what I'm saying. There is a, there is a look at a, okay, so I watched a whole lot of fucking years of CSI New York, right? You know what I mean? Okay. There's an actress there who's Greek as fuck, right? I got Greek chick friends who are Greek as fuck, right? You know, I ain't even got to go to my big fat Greek wedding. I ain't talking about Greek stereotypes. I'm talking about what an ethnic Greek woman is and how they present themselves, right? There's that thing. And the woman that when Hollywood gives you somebody as a nationality, they just give you, oh, yeah, you're hot. You can make you do the thing, you know. Go ahead and be that thing. We just accept it because Hollywood said that shit, you know. But I'm willing to bet that if I go looking, they may as well use Catherine Zeta-Jones for Electra in this shit. Because very reminiscent. It was that, that's that role, you know. Greek my ass. If she was Greek, I didn't see a Greek woman, you know. I'm not saying that every woman I know is Greek, but man, Electra in the comics is Greek. You know? Okay. Fucking Spartan. You know what I mean? This is Sparta kicking motherfuckers in the chest. <laughs> like, <laughs> for a ninja. Which also made no fucking sense. Yeah. But I'm just saying, yeah, the show about the Catholic ninjas and the Greek ninjas. Appropriation on my show. Okay. All right. <laughs> I got, okay. All right. Um... <laughs> So okay, so whitewashing. So whitewashing is bad. Yep. Um, Stupid. Your point actually goes beyond what most people stopped before they got to your point of why does it have to be white? Why does it have to be white guy? Why do we only believe it when it is a white guy? Yep. People seem just people are just having a problem from then. Like it's a white guy when it could be right. Aiden do. I don't think a lot of a lot of people are going on the it's kung fu, therefore it has to be an Asian person. A lot of people are going off that, right? But um, some people just really because Danny Rand is the whole you know Tibetan monks. You're doing this whole big thing about or not Tibetan, but specifically. Well, it's, it's yeah, it's yeah. monks super, in the, super monk Asian kung fu. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, with the stuff and like the fact that he's not he's like what forty second or some shit. Like he's this is a succession. Of Iron Fist. Yes. You could be anybody. And many of them have, were Asian, yes. 
because I mean, no one's flying over there and like, I want to be Iron Fist. Yo, I'm right. Wanna, correct. You know, I cashed in the family cow so I can jump in and I can jump in and be, um, I can jump in and be Iron Fist. So, um, should I, what else are we? Okay, I'm trying to figure out what else is going on. Um, <laughs> The let's see, do I have anything else? Am I watching Deadpool? Um, I had a thing about Deadpool. Yeah. And how you enjoyed the movie, and you've gone on this podcast, gone on record, and I saying, enjoyed the movie, but I hate the character. You enjoy the movie, and hate the character. Yes. The fact that you enjoyed the movie made was hilarious to me and no, to, to no end. Yes. I would watch that Deadpool movie again. But then I'm this, also a Ryan Reynolds fan. But then oh wow. So then. <laughs> You are a special snowflake. I People, they are you get special snowflakes, but man, I get it. So when we were having a discussion about Batman and Superman, you said, how can you watch this objectively and you hate this character? And I said, wait, you can watch this movie. You can watch Batman and Superman and fucking hate Batman and Superman. But the thing is that you want to know why are you doing these things? Is that apparent to me? Does that come out to me at all? Batman is very, Affleck is very, uh, you know, he has, he has dialogue about, yeah, he's good now. What if he's not later? Right. Thanks, Batman. I get your motivation. Yeah. Cool. Superman, why you do this thing? I'm seeing my dead dad up here, and I'm just talking to him, and we just kind of chilling, and I'm all kind of kind of morose about the yes. shit. Yes. I'm not wrong about that. I don't. I don't get. Okay, that's fine. I think that comes down to even the even the director. In this fucking movie loves Batman more than he likes Superman. Because lots of people don't understand Superman. They don't take the time to do right by Superman. They spend more effort on Batman because Batman's more interesting than them. Okay. Don't take the job directing Superman if you don't give a fuck. I would say. I get that. Okay. It's just, it, she's just back kind of quick. Okay. Yo, get your... <laughs> Podcasters, there's a thing that happened here. My wife was here and went to a place to do a thing and has come back a lot sooner than we expected her to come back, which says that thing didn't work out, and now we're all like, what the hell? <laughs> Legion of fan. <laughs> we're in, we're international. We're international. We can't, we, we, we're still international. We are international. We are international. Because I know at least one fan who lives in the UK who may be making his friends listen. Okay, we're gonna find out. That'd be hope. I'll be, I'll be right. helpful. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. But so you know, you enjoyed Deadpool. I did. You enjoyed Deadpool. You don't like the character because you quote don't like whimsy. In I don't my like whimsy comics. in my comics. Yes. I love whimsy in my goddamn comics. I don't like whimsy in my comics. I love my whimsy in my goddamn comics. And I enjoyed the movie. The movie was fun. I will see that shit when it comes to Bruin View. I saw it. I want to see it again. Uh, go see it at Bruin View because Bruin View is the perfect place to see this shit. Uh, get your drink on and talk shit at the screen. I'm a big fan of that. Um. But I was just still amazed and kind of, it was funny to me that you were like, I enjoyed the movie. Yes. And you've gone on record like, yes. I don't like the character. In fact, I don't like the character in comics. In that movie, I would watch this character. I watch him interact with other characters in movies. In comics, I got nothing for Deadpool. I just don't care. Yeah. Do not care. But I think here's the difference between the two, right? People have taken their dislike of Superman in comics 
into watching the movie while also saying they haven't read a Superman comic since Blah. Right? Okay. I've encountered Deadpool lots of times in comics. In comics, there's only once, really, twice, where I've actually liked the character in comics. I've tried. I've tried. But my issue with Deadpool isn't... It's really more about breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. I don't, I don't need the fourth wall broken in comics to make a comic book interesting. And that's what Deadpool had become. He'd become a character who had to be completely unpredictable and fucking just weird and, and off the wall and shit in order for him to be interesting. Right? And he had to talk to me. I'm reading a comic. I don't want to talk to any character. Be a fucking character in a comic book. Right. Talk to the people who are there. Yes. You you deal with the story. Further the plot, please. You know, I'm, I'm a grown-up now. I don't need that shit. Now, it's not to say that I've never read a comic where a character did that or a character had to be like, you're id. I'm not saying I've never liked characters. I was a fan of Ambush Bug back in the day. Right? I get it. Characters do those things. And over time, at some point, I'm the one who changed that I don't enjoy that anymore. I don't want that. I want solid comic book story without that kind of bo- without the whimsy, because when it comes to whimsy, other characters did it better, right? Every writer who's written Deadpool hasn't been able to pull that off, you know. I get he's gonna talk mad shit. When Rick Remender wrote Uncanny X Force, and it was like the X Men's team stabby, and it was like Warpath and Wolverine and Archangel and Wolfbane and 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 and, and uh, Phantom X and Deadpool. I thought that was hilarious. It was great because while they were Team Stabby, none of them were like Deadpool, and they kept Deadpool on task while he was trying to get off task all the time. In that context, I have no problem with Deadpool because now we're playing him off of the other characters who are being the right Straight kind of dude. Right, right. right, yeah, that, that works. Get the That's up. comedy for me, right? But if i got to read a Deadpool comic and it's just random stream of consciousness bullshit, which so much Deadpool comics are, I don't care. When it comes to like people who like... Uh, Batman but don't like Superman, I find that to be a thing where a lot of guys have not given Superman a chance to really figure out who he was about to give him a chance. So they just don't like him. When they say they don't like him, while admitting they never read him. Well, you can't like a guy you've never read. Well, You can't dislike a guy you've never read. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, but then there's all, also that But just have no opinion about it. That's the thing. But, but they also have these overarching popular things of you don't know. People who've never read a comic right. know Superman. They know how they know what the blue and F, blue and red S. They know what that is. Yeah. They know he's the good he's the, he's the good guy. Right. And I've been involved in so many discussions about why does Batman and Superman fighting each other? They're supposed to be good guys. Uh, you know what? I'm not philosophically gonna... though they are they're good guys. They're just good guys different ways. Like in the you you ask that question about Batman and Superman, but you don't ask it about anyone in the Marvel universe ever. Like everybody well, in the Marvel universe, if they meet in a parking lot, they got to throw down. On sight. Moon Knight and the Hulk would fight over a goddamn big wheel. You know? For no reason. Because the, the whole Marvel philosophy is there's so much tension in the universe that two characters can't look each other in the face without punching each other. Right? Why are Batman and Superman fighting? Like, the only reason they're fighting is because Marvel fans have made this a thing they must see. You know? Because, oh, well, I like Marvel comics more because it's just, it's more realistic. It's unrealistic. It's the, it's the, it's the least thing, the, re- it's the, the furthest away from realistic you could possibly get. You know, do you go to the office and immediately punch the guy at the water cooler? Because to. he happens to be wearing, like, you know, fucking khakis? I wanted to. Yes, but you don't. Yeah. Because fuck khakis. I get that. You know? Fuck khakis got to do with it. Fuck that guy. How about just fuck that guy? Okay. Fuck that guy. It's true. Part of the reason we're saying fuck that guy is because he's got bad taste in pants. Number one, he's wearing one. And pants are a tool of the devil. All right? So, fuck pants. 
So since fuck pants, that guy's got to be punched in the face. Fuck pants, but we love paychecks. If I got to do paychecks to get pants, now see, I understand some people may not have to wear pants to get paychecks. I get that. Word. And some people are really kind of smug about the bullshit. But some of us, <laughs> some of us have to wear pants and go to work. So, but I'm you not don't say- punch the guy wearing the pants at work, do you? You said no, khakis. You don't. Khakis are pants. Khakis are pants. You yes. would specifically say khakis. Yes, because khakis suck worse than jeans. Where the fuck that come from? I'm just explaining my pants hierarchy. Khakis worse than jeans. Legion of Fan understands exactly what I'm saying. I get it. Marvel versus I DC get it. thing. I get it. Marvel has said I to disagree you, with. But they whatever. must simply fight just because right. the panel can't contain their anger towards anything. Or the fact, or the fact that, but the but it's, it's a real world place, but the real world doesn't actually work that it way. It seems like it's it's just because of the, because of the characters. It's basic. It's like a big. I remember back in third grade, like we would have this like, who would win in a fight, a panther or an alligator? Like we would do this random shit and just like <laughs> talk about who would win this fight. The alligator. That's what's kind of thing. The alligator is the answer because the alligator is going to drag the panther into the water, and the panther can't breathe. Anymore. But. There's also mongooses that punk the alligator that Snoop uh, narrated for us, but that's something else entirely. It wasn't a mongoose. No, mongoose. That was honey. No, that wasn't a honey bear. No, it's funny. Not no, it was honey. Otters. Yes. It was otters. Otter. Okay. Otters punk Thank you, alligator and told the alligator <laughs> to go back in the water and the alligator bailed the fuck out. I didn't know what the fuck the mongoose was all. That's what, oh, that's what Snoop actually said it was in the first because Snoop had no idea. Because Snoop's a goddamn zoologist. <laughs> Also, that's another thing I've been into. Snoop, they actually they, they raised some money for Snoop to narrate nature videos. Snoop might and it's in fact the love funniest. Animal, he might love animals and zoos more than Kevin Steen, the wrestler. Oh my god, this shit. Oh my god. So Planet Earth? What is it? No, it's, it's Planet Earth is a thing. Planet Earth. Normally done by Earth. We call it Earth. Holy shit. Is Earth. Yes, is Earth. Stop no. saying the words. No, is Earth. Um <laughs> Good, man, get on, get you on some internet. No, uh, and watch Snoop narrate nature videos, and okay. that shit is. Hilarious. I can, in fact, watch him na- narrate nature videos. I, I don't have it's a problem. Hilarious. With that. Okay. Um, but the you, fact you might get paid, Snoop. You hey, paid. you know, like I say, Snoop's one of those. Going back to the other thing, Snoop is one of those things. He's getting older. Yep. And we don't know, like five didn't make the fifty. There's a whole big right. thing about people in the music industry, um, men, black men, black women who aren't making it to 50 or 60. Like, okay. they're dying young. So it's right. po- totally possible that the people who's, who we've grown up with, who have made the music that, we're, you know, that we like or whatever, aren't really getting old. Like, they're not getting old with us and not just kind of dangling on that precipice of, like, relevant and not. Like, you remember me, kids? Like, yeah, yeah. As opposed to, like, a Gene Simmons who just says dumb shit, like, I'm relevant yeah. now. Yeah. Like, no, you just said some dumb shit and we just kind of called you out on it. You're not actually relevant. You just said some dumb shit that we're just going to mock you on and we're just going to move on. But these are people who have made music that we like, um, that, you know, the soundtrack for certain parts of our lives, and that they aren't making it to 50 or 60. And that is a mortality thing. That's a thing of like, oh, shit, if so-and-so died, like if, you know, Five had diabetes. What are we going to, you know, hey, are you, are you checked for diabetes? How's your blood sugar? Yeah. Like, people are now like, oh, shit, this dude died before he was 50. This dude just, just give the fuck over. And he did he did that joint that I like, that I memorized. He did that joint and that joint and that joint. And that. 
He did all this stuff. Hilariously, what we're missing here is the opportunity of artists with so many people listening to them to actually take that platform and discuss the thing that if on one end, no one is telling you to get checked, now you have a chance to do something about that shit. Like Cameron and these other dudes like spent all this fucking time and, and not Cameron, who's the other cat who's like no, uh, no snitch, stop snitching. Oh, Jim Jones. Yeah, these motherfuckers, right? Yeah, all the shit that like what? basically end up fucking up your community with dumbass like mind space bullshit, right? If if now Fife has died because of complications due to diabetes, and people are like, ah, oh, shit, man, he was a diabetic. Like there are already things happening in your community due to legit issues that surround your community where you could go get checked out. If, if your artists are dying before they're fifty years old. There are circumstances that contribute to that, that yeah. they could have been talking about all this time, right? And it's not like, you know, David Bowie spending all this time talking about cancer, you know? Yeah. It's like these dudes, not even Let Me Kill Mr. and Bruce Dickinson spent all their fucking time discussing cancer in their music. They didn't. But it might legit be a thing where if you live in a community where there ain't a whole lot of screening centers going on and you ain't necessarily whole got your whole, like, universal healthcare shit going on, if you ain't figured all that out by now, this might be a good time for some artists to straight up, like, you spend a lot of fucking energy on rocking the vote. You know, now it might be time to, like, fucking, you know, rock a goddamn prostate cancer test. You know, get that shit done. Like, there's just things. Next podcast, I'm going to have a list of shit y'all need to get checked. I hit an age in this last year where I had to have doctors putting their hands in all kinds of places. You know, and I'm going to do the public service announcement podcast next time we do this shit. Be ready. Well, if you stay ready. You ain't got to be ready. Sugar-free. What's up? I'm just doing a sugar-free bounce. All right. <laughs> All right. You got anything else? I don't. Not right. Yeah, because the next thing I want to do, take a moment, we do a whole podcast on the next show. I want you to read this before, like, you know, it's a DC Rebirth uh, preview right. sentence. Uh, we can talk about that next time. Uh, it's a comics thing. No, no, it's a comics thing. It's just the fact that we're going through another reboot. It's not a reboot. DC Rebirth is not a reboot. I will state that at least. Okay. There's not DC is not rebooting anything. Okay. Renumbering because renumbering has to happen to sell comics, but they are putting in continuity they took out before. They're giving fans back. I think fans wanted. You want Nightwing back? You get Nightwing back. You know, just things like that. How long is it going to last? Well, continuity is continuity, so it doesn't Mm -hmm. make a difference. Like DC has only removed continuity twice. They removed it in 1986 and they removed it again in 2011. That's a long span of fucking your continuity over, right? Now, it took you five years to put the continuity back in. So I, I feel like this last five years is kind of like an interregnum, you know? I'm all right with that. Okay. Like, there's things I see in here that I am excited about. And when that continuity came out is what people got up in arms about. So people should, in fact, be excited about Reboot. Now, as a retailer, I feel differently about some of this shit and how they're going to do it, but we can talk about it later. Okay. Yeah. There you go. All right, then. All right. All right. Well, this has been episode 12. Stakes is high. The Black Nerd Podcast. Yo, I've been Troy Hunter, at tall black guy, a.k.a. Ill Gates, all up in the area, and not really causing mass hysteria, just kind of mild panic. Um, tall black guy on the Twitters and the Tumblers and all that. I am Terry Gant of Third Coast Comics at the new location of 6443 new. North Sheridan Road on Loyola University's campus in the Granada Center. Granada Center is on the it's on the east side of the street. Yep. Uh, next to, to the, the south of the red line. 
Loyola train station. So yeah, and it's important in between Loyola train station and Devon Avenue. Quite important. Next to the pizza spot. Yep. Yeah. Felice's. Yes. Next to pizza. On Twitter, I am at Doc Midnight. On Facebook, I am Terry Space Ghost Ranch. Boom. Otherwise, I'm Dread October, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. So appreciate y'all listening. Please, like I say, get back at us at stakesishighpodcast at gmail.com for suggestions and all that kind of thing. The opening music done by Luke Starchild Davis up in our shout to, shout to the UK and everything. Shout to you. Um, music is international. It's international. And you can get this. It's the Stakes is High beat tape. Um, you can get that off of Bandcamp. So starchildluke.bandcamp.com. Get up on that. Thank you, uh, Luke. And um, all right. Well, we're going to check y'all later on. And we're going to come up with some other stuff. Because Summertime Shy is on its way. And we're going to do some things. We got the NFL draft coming up in town. Oh, Jesus. Between that and the, man, I might just stay down town. There's an NFL draft coming up and a Dream Theater concert at the same time. Woo! I don't think we can bridle that. I have two different ends of nerddom having it one time here. Holy shit. Like high brain and low brain shit happening on the same day? What? Come on now. I may have to give me a squeeze bottle of Chardonnay. No. No, I won't get a squeeze bottle of Chardonnay. I might have to have my wife smuggle in a squeeze bottle of like rusty nails. Like scotch and drambuie and like a squeeze bottle. You go running, you gotta drink it, drink it, and that thing. Because no one ever checks her for anything. This has actually happened before. I know. Yeah. All right, we're going to check y'all later on. Peace!